and welcome to episode 73 of Connectivity. My name is Scott Thompson. Today we have three segments for you. Kicking things off, we have a segment about the recent 3DS Nintendo Direct. That's featuring myself, Neil, and Patrick. And after that we have a segment about games that are tied to important moments in our lives. And that's with me, Danny, and Neil. And then after the outro we have a bonus segment all about Dead Space 3 with myself and Zach. Enjoy! Let's go. Hey, and welcome to Connectivity Direct. We're here to talk to you about the 3DS, like do the direct hand motion or whatever. If you're doing a video podcast like everyone else seems to be doing these days, I would do the Iwata hand motion. Right now. <laughs> oh, I was like, what is the direct motion? Is that just like pointing yeah. at me or? <laughs> no, no, no. Do you, do you guys know? Um, yeah, he does that. Uh, he puts his both the, his, the hands two things up. With his hands up. And then Miyamoto did a half one because he had the, he had the vacuum in his hand. That was only in the Japanese one where Miyamoto was dressed up like Luigi. <laughs> I saw but, screenshots of that. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I'm Neil Ronahan, and with me we got Scott Thompson. Hello. And Patrick Barnett. Hi, everyone. And we're here to talk to you about the 3DS, mostly, Nintendo Direct that happened on Valentine's Day. And uh, it was a pretty good one. Nintendo is on a roll with these damn things. And I think, I mean, we'll, I guess, make more sweeping conclusions at the end of this. But I like this one more than the, the Wii U one. Oh, I don't know about that. Well, I don't know. I I think that's because you're going to actually get to play these games. Yeah, these games will be out within the year. For the Wii U one, it was a lot of like, you you'll get to play a demo at E3, and maybe by the end of the year it'll be out. Zelda's coming at some point, maybe 2015. (laughs) That's true. I like what they talk. I like what they talked about in the Wii U one, but I like the fact that yeah, everything is 2013. This one, like everything seems yeah more tangible. So the the big kind of thing that was, I guess, kind of the emphasis on this, because there were a Nintendo Direct in each region, but the Japanese one was basically only the year of Luigi, um, <laughs> which is kind of Nintendo's, we don't have an anniversary that we're going to celebrate, so we're just going to carry on Mario's. Um, although I guess technically it's been 30 years since Luigi's quote-unquote first appearance. Um, so yeah, there's that. <laughs> that's something. Yeah. Just um, because Luigi's Mansion is coming out, they're tying this whole year to the year I, of Luigi. I, I, I kind of, in all honesty, that's the way I kind of look at it. Because we have four games that are part of this year of Luigi, and two of them start with Mario. <laughs> yep. um, but let's talk about Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon first. Uh, that's coming out on March 24th. And at this point, I can't fucking wait for this game. I'm so stoked. I wish I got to play more of it at E3 this past year, because I only got to play, like, half of a mansion demo. Yeah. And I wish I could have played more, because I don't really know if I'll like the control setup. When I played it, I didn't really like spinning the circle pad around in circles for the, uh, catching the ghosts. I I actually barely played it at uh, E3 this year. I played it a lot when it was first at E3. And I kind of played it last year just to see the differences, and uh, there wasn't too much. There were, like, some some kind of visual cues for sucking up ghosts were added, but... 
I, I mean, just don't just... like that concept of having to spin your circle pad around in circles violently. I feel like you're going to break yeah. your system. But I don't know. I mean, everything I've kind of seen of this game, even the multiplayer, looks like it's going to be really, really cool. Uh, we knew about Hunter Mode. Aaron got to play that a few weeks ago, and there's impressions up on the site. But they also revealed two other modes. There's like a time trial mode where you and up to three friends can rush to get out of the, the mansion in time. And there's also a polter pup where uh, you try to find hidden ghost dogs. And I don't know if these are competitive or cooperative. Like, it could be like you're working together to try to get the better score or something like that. Sort of like a four swords thing. Do we know if that for locally if it's single cart? Yeah. It is? So, yeah, the kind of cool thing about this is that, well, the three of us will be at PAX East, and I've, I've talked about this before, but I'm I'm on the review for Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, and it comes out on March 24th. Hopefully I will have the review copy before then, so we could be playing some multiplayer Luigi's Mansion. Nice, we're going to be up all night drinking, <laughs> yep. playing yep. some drinking, Luigi's Mansion. Playing Luigi's Mansion. Patrick, how, how old are you? I'm, I'm only 19, so So I Patrick won't be, won't be drinking. <laughs> well, you, well... Officially on the air, no, you won't. Quote, be. unquote. <laughs> yeah. But we'll see what happens. Not on the air. <laughs> ah. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't, at this point, I don't have any reservations about this game. I just want it in my, my hands right now. How yeah, it's weird. I, I never even played the GameCube one. Always kind of wanted to and just skipped over it and never ended up going back. But I, I'm totally, like, all in for this one. I don't know why that is. I guess it just looks pretty solid, and I, I want a new 3DS game to play now that yeah. I'm, I'm done with Fire Emblem. And yeah, it just it looks really sweet. And the multiplayer stuff too. I, I'm excited to see how it works cooperatively because I'm always looking for stuff to to play with Tabby, and she has a 3DS, yeah. and I do too. And I think that'd be good. Yeah, and there's I mean it's local, online, download play. I mean it's right. got the full suite of multiplayer options. I really hope I've... the multiplayer kind of strikes me the same way that Kid Icarus's did where I get really addicted to it and play it for, like, a whole month. I think, unfortunately, like, that might be impossible, because Kid Icarus's multiplayer felt like it was genetically engineered in a lab to just have, like, fucking endless possibilities. And, like, yeah, there's, you know, if you didn't get into it, you didn't get into it. But if you got into it, there was so much to do. And right, so you were always, like, finding new weapons and making new, yeah, making new weapons. And it, it felt like you were making progress as you were playing. This yeah. doesn't really seem that way. It's just, yeah, like, it jump seems on like and play more... some matches. In all honesty, it kind of reminds me a lot of, like, the Nintendo Land stuff, where it's like, it'll be really, really fun, but I don't know how long-lasting it will be. Right. But, yeah, that's coming out on March 24th, and now we get to the the exciting news, which is Mario & Luigi Dream Team coming out in summer 2013, another yeah. part of the year of Luigi. It feels like just a few months ago we had a, not even a few months, maybe a well, maybe a month or two, where we had a segment talking about, you know, if there'd be another Mario & Luigi game and what we like better, Mario & Luigi or Paper Mario. So this is kind of exciting. I did not see this coming so soon yeah. after Paper Mario. Yeah, same here. I mean, at this point, uh, with how disappointed I was by Sticker Star, Yep. despite being, like, a devout Paper Mario fan before Sticker Star, mm -hmm. I've, I've changed my tune, man. Fuck that shit. Mario <laughs> & Luigi for the win. <laughs> that is that is how how much I did not like sticker star at the end of the day. Yep. Um, but yeah, this looks real cool. The whole kind of idea of it is that you're in Luigi's mind and he's dreaming. Uh, hence the dream team subtitle. And like, uh, I guess Mario somehow gets into his dreams and like Luigi's face is on the bottom screen and you can, you 
can mess with his face to make things happen in the dream world that you're going around. And it looks like when you're Mario, you can only be one Mario, but then, like, you can bring in, like, a bunch of Luigi's Kirby Mass Attack style mm-hmm. and just attack people. Yeah, it looks pretty wild. I mean, just just weird, but, I mean, that's kind of what you expect from these games yeah. at this point. <laughs> it just reminds me of Bowser's Inside Story in so many ways, because in that yeah. game you could manipulate the environment. That was such a good game. But I do like the idea of it being a dream, because you can do a lot of surreal things and, uh, you know, just play with the elements of Mario without having it to make sense yeah. from the world of Mario. Definitely. And uh, I see in our notes here, you have, do you like the graphical changes? And I think it looks great. I did not. Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, I, I really like it because it still evokes the old games, but it's, you know, something new. Um, it almost reminds me a little bit of, like, Super Mario RPG and kind of how the, the sprites work in the 3D world. Or I guess, like, the 3D models that look like the sprites. Right. Yeah, they just look clean. I don't know. It, it looks pretty cool. I bet it looks awesome in 3D if you yeah. like to play with 3D on. Which I don't, so, so it won't matter, but... <laughs> so, Patrick, why, why don't you like it? I, I disagree with Scott. I think it looked unclean. Like, I liked the the sharpness of the sprites, and here it just looks like they're adding that little bit of depth to it, and it's just making it not quite as sharp, in my opinion. I don't know. might just be me. Maybe I was watching a low-quality YouTube video. I, I think it's it. also it's probably a game that you need to see in motion on a 3DS. I, That's I'll true. really want to see, like, a eShop video of it that I yeah. can actually watch in 3D or 2D yep. or whatever. Now, I would say it's probably a safe bet that the Mario & Luigi series developers, Alpha Dream, are working on this game. Uh, but when I reached out to Nintendo of America, they could not confirm shit. <laughs> so uh, if Alpha Dream wasn't developing it, who do you think could be, if it could be anyone other than Alpha Dream? Retro, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's my an- That's your answer to everything. It's my answer to everything until they show what they're working on. So you mean Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D? That's what they've been working on for two years. Who do you, uh, who do you think developed the Zelda Miiverse community? Oh, it's gotta be <laughs> retro. It's gonna be a killer community. Uh, I don't know. I mean, who else would develop this, uh, you know, of, of their studios? I can't think of... Uh, honestly, like, I, I, I came up with this, this concept of being like, oh, who do you think could be developing it? But the more I look at this game, I'm like, nah, it's Alpha Dream. There's no be, doubt right? in my mind. Like, if not, then it's, like, some dudes from Alpha Dream left and formed another studio. Like, could it be, uh, is it Brownie Brown? They, they formed that new studio? I guess maybe. Um, That's true. Yeah. I guess, yeah, that but, that might be the next, like, logical... Are, you mean you mean one-up yeah, studio? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't remember right. the name of the new studio, but... Um, yeah, I mean, maybe. But, I, I mean, it's probably Alpha Dream. Yeah. Let's get real. Weird that they wouldn't talk about that. Like, why? I don't know yeah. why. You, what they gained from being so cryptic about that. And that, I guess hearing that, it almost makes you think maybe it's not Alpha Dream. Cause yeah, but, why I mean, coming? Nintendo's always been very dodgy about, like, confirming who worked on what. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, uh, we found out, like, pretty much when it came out that Monster Games co-developed Pilot Wings Resort. And Nintendo would never officially confirm to me that Monster Games co-developed Pilot Wings Resort, even though, like, you look at the game, and you look at the credits, and you're like, oh, Monster Games worked on this. <laughs> Even, like, I mean, Brownie Brown, speaking of them, they they helped out on development of Super Mario 3D Land. That's right, yeah. Um, and Monolith contributed to Skyward Sword in some regard. Which is pretty wild. Yeah. Um, and Retro did Mario Kart. Yep. <laughs> and, that, yeah, that was something that that was something that we didn't find out about until kind of real late in the game. And, I mean, well, that they actually did kind of talk about, but... 
We do know who is developing Mario Golf World Tour, which is also slated for summer 2013. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's a new Mario Golf game from Camelot, but kind of after Mario Tennis Open, which, I mean, I enjoyed that game a lot. I, I put a surprisingly, a surprising amount of time into that game. I think when all of a sudden done, it was somewhere in the ballpark of 10 to 15 hours that I put into Mario Tennis Open. I, I just wanted to play some fucking tennis, I guess. <laughs> uh, but I mean that like I have a, I, I had some issues with it just kind of like the unlock structure kind of forced you to play like the shitty games to really like build up coins to unlock stuff and junk like that Um, I guess do you guys think this will be as bare bones as Mario Tennis Open or do you think we'll actually get the RPG stuff that people all loved in the Game Boy Advance and Game Boy Color portable Mario sports titles I think after the complaints of Mario Tennis Open they're going to go that route of more RPG stuff because people wanted it and yeah. they didn't have it in there last time. So, yeah, I hope so. I mean, if not, I'm just gonna skip right over this one too. I mean, I'll get it regardless because I like golf. Yeah, same here. <laughs> I'm I'm a fan of golf and I I I play the shit out of Hot Shots Golf on Vita. I just I really enjoy golf games. I even played a lot of Mario Golf on Game Boy Color uh, when it came out on Virtual Console last year. Um, so like I'll be all over this game regardless. But, I mean, I, I I do not have optimism for seeing the RPG stuff in it. And do you think that if, you know, there are there isn't that RPG stuff and it is kind of a disappointing game, do you think that Camelot will wear out its goodwill from, you know, all, all their past work after this, Mario Tennis Open and, and Golden Sun Dark Dawn, which people seem to be a little nonplussed by? Yeah. I mean, how much goodwill does Camelot even have left? I mean, what was the last, like, awesome Camelot game you played? Golden Sun? <laughs> yeah, right? Like, uh, that, and that Golden Sun was more like, holy shit, it's a new RPG on Game Boy Advance that isn't just a Super Nintendo game. Right, but it looks like a Super Nintendo game, and that's so awesome! Like, that was, that was, and like, the, the battles look so cool. <laughs> just what, like, like Mario Tennis on 64 or Mario Golf? I yeah, so I don't really give came a lot much love anymore anyway. Yeah. So I mean, we can make a good golf game. Yeah. I mean, I, we'll see. Wasn't there some problems with, with um opens like uh multiplayer? Did it not work so well? Yeah, the online the online was kinda shitty. Yeah, you know, even if this doesn't have the RPG stuff, if it has a decent online mode, I could see being into it. Could it, would it, it be had cool? on, oh man, online tournaments. That, That's what I'm that saying. Yeah, or even open. like yeah, even if we could play around with like the three of us. Yeah, you know, online that'd be cool. Asynchronous. Um, I know, I know that. I mean, that's what Hot Shots Golf on Vita had. It's just that uh, when I was playing it, I didn't really have any other friends. That because like, I don't, I have like ten people on my PSN friends list. So yeah, I thought you were gonna say you don't know anyone that you didn't know anyone that owns a Vita, and I was like, <laughs> do well, you now? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I do now, and it's kind of funny because I think like, I guess it's like what like Kalafi, JP, and I all have Vitas. But when we played Hot Shots Golf, it was all at different times. <laughs> um, actually, I did play a round when I was, uh, I went to Seattle last weekend, and I played a round on the way back because Lauren hijacked my 3DS to play Mario's Picross. Um, and I didn't feel like playing Sly Cooper, so I played some Hot Shots Golf. But anyway, moving on. Um, I, I do have a note here. How many copies do you think JP will buy anyway, regardless of whether it has an RPG or not? Of just World Tour? Yeah. He'll buy the physical, he'll buy digital, and... When he buys maybe... the digital, he'll sell the physical, and then he'll buy another copy later when he regrets yeah. selling the first physical. Yeah. So, yep. so three. <laughs> I think the over-under would be at, like, two. Yeah, I'm going to go Two over. and a half. 
Yeah, yeah I, I'll go over. <laughs> so the last part of the year of Luigi is New Super Luigi U. This is which the most is a, interesting part. Of a giant ass DLC pack in which every single level. I guess they said 80 plus. I don't know if that means like the star, the star road or the star world. It has to well. be because there's only like 70 levels in the game, I think. Yeah, I mean, Maybe. I know, I know Iwata said 80 plus, which I assume to be every level in the game, but he did not say every level in the game, I don't think. Um, but enough about semantics. There will be 80 plus Luigi only levels added to uh, New Super Mario Brothers U in this giant DLC pack. Uh, what, what Iwata called a large scale down, large scale piece of downloadable content. And because there are no brothers and apparently no multiplayer, it's just New Super Luigi U. Um, I think this is fucking amazing. I'm really happy. I just don't know how well it will sell. Yeah, cause I think at a minimum it has to be $20. Oh yeah, at a minimum. But I mean, I, I would, could... I would totally pay that for. Oh, I would drop, I would drop twenty dollars in a heartbeat. Eighty new levels. I mean, this is the kind of thing where they could have just waited another year and charged us sixty dollars for the yeah. whole game. So I'll pay twenty for sure. I, yeah. I, I will say, I mean, I know it doesn't matter for YouTube. The lack of multiplayer does kind of bum me out. If that is the case. Oh, I think. I, I mean, I, I agree to that too. Not that I played a ton of multiplayer New Super Mario Brothers U, but I, I mean. Lauren and I would play it from time to time, and it was a lot of fun. Right. I mean, that's how I've exclusively played the last few of these new Super Mario Brothers games, is cooperatively with Tabby. So it won't be quite that. I mean, I guess we could have the thing where, like, we pass the controller back and forth um, and, like, take turns doing levels when one of us dies or something, which that would be okay. That'd be kind of old school <laughs> um, in a way, going back to, like, you know, new Super Mario Brothers, or not new Super Mario, but Super Mario Brothers 3 or World or something like that. But, uh, yeah, it looks awesome. I mean, this, this is what I've wanted for a long time, is Nintendo to kind of be forward thinking about about their main franchise games and like doing stuff like this, like building on top of them with DLC and, and stuff. And you could kind of see it was maybe going to happen with just how much they supported New Super Mario Brothers 2 with all the downloadable levels. So you knew something was coming to you. And I mean, this is just pretty cool and original. And I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I'm, I'm excited to see what the levels are like. How different do you think the levels are going to be? Or do you. Like, do you think they're going to be, like, the same type of skin that was already on, like, pre-existing? Definitely. Kind of... Okay. Yeah, I don't think there'll be any new environments we didn't see before. It'll just be, yeah, just new, just arrangement of, of structures and, and everything and enemies with just the same level backgrounds and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of going along with that, are there going to be new challenges and stuff to go with them, you think? I don't, I, I would assume so. I would yeah, hope so. probably. But this is cool, because, I mean, there were some levels I really liked. And it would be cool just to see them make them harder or like do like a bizarro version of it. Yeah, you know, it'll it'll be neat. It'll be like a hopefully in my mind, I'm thinking it's going to be a less punishing version of Super Mario Brothers Two, the Japanese version. Yeah, where you know they take what's familiar and then they kind of twist it and put a new spin on it, but they don't make it completely unforgiving and just awful and mean. <laughs> it does seem like it could be pretty balls hard, uh, at least from the the clips that they showed. Right. Um. I mean, I just think this is a really cool idea to kind of... I mean, people are complaining about how, oh, so many new Super Mario Brothers games, we're going to get all these side-scrolling games, and it's like, we kind of are getting a brand new new Super Mario Brothers game, but it's just DLC for a pre-existing one. I think that's kind of like, that is the way to go. Right, people will be totally forgiving of that. What I wonder is, do you think we'll see another downloadable pack after this? I think it kind of depends on how this does. Yeah. I have a feeling they wouldn't start on another one until they know this is a success. 
Do you think they switched this to New Super Luigi U just to keep it in line with the year of Luigi? Like, do you think this was this was just supposed to be Mario, and then they were like, oh, well, let's just switch it to Luigi? Definitely. I think so. <laughs> Palette swap, and there you go. Yeah. But yeah, this is awesome. This is I thought this was the most exciting news in the whole thing, just because it, it yeah. came out of nowhere. Like, of course we're going to get new games, but this is like a new like ideology for Nintendo. This is exciting. So what other, I mean, if, if they do have subsequent DLC packs for New Super Mario Bros. U, what would you kind of want to see? I mean, personally, I think, I guess a very Yoshi-heavy game could be pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like them to see, like to see a uh, New Super Peach U. Yeah. Where they go back <laughs> with, like, her floating mechanic and stuff like that. That'd be pretty yeah. wild. If you designed levels around that mechanic, I think it would be really interesting. Oh, man. What if they even just make it, like, full-on Mario Brothers 2? Like, there's this flying uh, Shy Guys and magic carpets oh. and all kinds of nonsense. You gotta you go down keys to the jar doors. and grab the key. <laughs> yeah, and then the crazy mask chases you. Um, I, I've said before, I want to just see a full recreation of Super Mario World in this ending yeah. of a four-player co-op. <laughs> you know, if not that a full recreation, but just do, like, New Super Mario Bros. 2. I mean, have a, a pack of classic levels. Have a whole classic yeah. world where it's all just classic levels pulled from all the different games. I mean, that would be so cool. Yeah, I mean, that could be even, you know, a smaller-scale DLC. Because, I, I mean, I don't think I would expect an 80-level pack all the time. Every time, right. But if they could keep this up throughout, like, the life of the Wii U, that would be incredible. Yeah. I mean, this I is mean, what... Go ahead. It's a it's a game that's going to have legs regardless, and you kind of, I guess, have people play it more than just playing it through once. Like, I mean, you 100%ed it, Scott, and now you have an opportunity to go and revisit a game that you put a ton of time into already and beat the shit out of. Yeah, absolutely, and I know, and I'm so excited. This almost makes me wish I like would have downloaded the game rather than having a physical copy of it, though. Because it just seems like it would be cool just to have it on the system if they're going to keep supporting it in this way. Yeah, I agree. I wonder if later down the road they're going to release like a physical version that is the like master version with both Probably. games in one. Yeah. yeah, a lot. I mean, a lot of bigger games will do that anyway. I mean, you have like you know Red Dead Redemption had their like game of the year version that came with the zombie DLC, and now you've got the Batman game of the year that comes with all the DLC. So yeah, I guess it's be... just something you don't see on Nintendo systems a lot. So. Yeah, just because there's been a lack of DLC, but yeah, I think it'll... Yeah, why not? I could see it happening. Or maybe later, like, the Wii U comes packaged with New Super Mario Bros. U and all the DLC or something like that. A new bundle. The Wii U comes packaged with just New Super Luigi U, and you have to buy New Super Mario. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be so fucked up. Get that attach rate up. So the next thing that they talked about was the Zelda Miiverse community, which is just kind of like a generic Legend of Zelda series. Meverse community. Yeah. Um, huh. I checked it out. I looked at it. Did you draw a link or anything? No, no, no. I literally just opened up Meverse and was like, oh, so that's what that is. How many drawings of Tingle did you see? No, people were talking about the the, the cartoon show. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> that's, that's worth anybody's time. <laughs> yeah. It was a lot of like, excuse me, princess, yeah. and people being like, were you even old enough to watch this? Fuck you. Yep, officially never going to that community. That's perfect, thank you. You've saved me five minutes of my life. And then uh, Fire Emblem Awakening DLC was the next thing on the agenda. Woo! Uh, Scott, even though, I mean, you reviewed this game and probably yeah, you played it to completion before the DLC was even out, are you going to keep up with the DLC at all? I will, yeah. I'm going to wait till it builds up a little bit and then I'll probably download a few at a time. So, like, I haven't downloaded any yet, but I think I'll probably do it this weekend. I don't have really anything yeah. to play and um, I'll cut up on, like, 
school stuff. So I think I'll, I'll dive into that a little bit. Yeah, um, I have the, I have the, all three of the champions of your packs. Yeah. Uh, I played the first two. The third one just came out today. Um, I'm at about like chapter 15 in the game, so I still have a little ways to go. Oh yeah, you still have 10 chapters to go, yeah. Yeah, I think at this point, like, I'm in this game for the long haul. Although, the way that they're kind of selling the DLC packs is that, like, for instance, with Champions of Yore, okay, the first one's free, but then the other two, you can either get them separately for 250 or spend $4 and get both of them. Did they, they didn't come out on the same day though, did they? No, they didn't. So like, so you'd I have think, to wait like, to get the discount? Well, what happened, well no, you can buy, like, for instance, like, yeah, so when, when two, when Champions of Your 2 came out, then you could buy the full pack. And then actually, when I went, when I went into, like, uh, when I went into the DLC thing now, I was gonna download it and it was already downloaded. Oh, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah, um, and then they do the same thing where they have, like, you know, another set of three that the first one came out, and you can buy all three. And I guess it kind of pre-downloads them, and then, like, you know, through Spot Pass unlocks it. Cool. That's actually awesome. So I don't know, um, I don't know when I'll dive in with a new set, but I think I'm, I'm, I'm in this game for the long haul. Yeah, it's an awesome game. Patrick, are you going to play the DLC at all? I'm, I'm going to get the first three, and then see where I want to go from there. Because it seems like there's a there's a wide variety. Because the first three are kind of like throwbacks to old games, and then the the new one that they have, I think it's like the Golden Gaffs or something. Uh, that's like you just get a shit ton of gold. Um, and then I think it's like ones like you get a lot of experience and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I just don't find a lot of thrill in playing on different maps. I don't think it really adds a different layer to the game. Well, I guess it does, but not nearly enough for me. Like I don't have I don't have an issue replaying the same map over and over again with just a different enemy yeah. layout. Well, I mean, that's that's what Champions of Yore, all three of those, I believe, take place on the same map. I know the first two definitely do. So it's not even that. I mean, it's different enemy layouts, of course. Which but... you can do already in the game, so yeah. that's not a huge draw for me. For me, it's the writing that really kind of draws me to the DLC. Oh, because... they, they have, like, full story? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I was listening to uh, the 8-4 Play podcast, because uh, the you know the guys over at eight four who they were on our uh, our telephone for two years in a row and they also localized Fire Emblem Awakening and they did a fucking bang up job. It it really is incredible. Um, but I love when they kind of have like the weird jokey shit, and that's what the DLC is rife with. They have a lot of it. Yeah, even in that first yeah. chapter I played it. Um, you know when it first came out before the game was even out and. I mean, yeah, a lot of it, like, just, and then you can get characters to talk to each other, like, your characters to talk to the, like, resurrected spirits yeah, like of the Martha, uh, Martha past characters, and yeah, they just have funny, funny conversation, and it, it's unfortunate for us as American players that we're not as familiar and haven't seen all the Fire Emblem games, but I feel like if you know all the characters pretty well and you've played a lot of the Fire Emblem games, then, like, It'll impact you even more, but I remember a lot of names, but that's about it. See, that's that's me too. I was like, I know these names, but which one? Is this is this the Wii one or the GameCube one or is this one of the Game Boy Advance ones? Yeah. I, I have no idea. For, I mean, for me, it's also that like no uh, no story in a previous Fire Emblem game have I really given a shit about until Awakening, and even that, it's kind of like like all I really care about are the character interactions in this game. I don't yeah. really care that much about the overall story, like. I mean, there there are some moments in Fire Emblem Awakening that I'm just kind of like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, to the point, I, I yeah, I texted Scott, like, I think, I forget where I was playing it, but I think I was like, I don't know where I was, but I was like, I was like out of the house, 
And I got to that point, and I just shut the system, and I, and I texted Scott because I was like, I don't know what to do. I think it was over my parents or something. I don't know. That's but anyway. I don't think it matters. Yeah, it, it didn't. I, and then I read up about it later. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, But yeah, Fire Emblem Awakening is amazing. Yep. And the So, yeah. <laughs> so we got a release date, finally, for Animal Crossing New Leaf. It's coming out on June 9th, which, for those keeping score, is... These, it is two days before E3 starts. Um, so I so I posed the question, dumb idea or dumbest idea? <laughs> I'm sure Nintendo's doing this only so that at their press conference they can be like, I hope everyone has Animal Crossing New Leaf downloaded. Oh, dude, I will so be, like, fun. I don't know, like, well, well, they did kind of talk about, uh, I mean, it's an Animal Crossing game. It seems like it's a lot more streamlined than all the ones in the past. Which it's, uh, with that combined with the fact that it's on the 3DS and I play the crap out of my 3DS, this seems like the perfect Animal Crossing for me. And I'm very, very excited for it now. Yeah. Um, but they did make a mention that there's going to be a Western exclusive edition. Uh, I think it's regarding like online and wireless connectivity, which I think might be kind of tuning the, the online and stuff to better fit, you know, North America instead of Japan. So it's probably less street pass heavy. Um, which if they actually do make changes like that, like that's really cool and totally justifies the delay to this game. <laughs> yeah, quote, like quote. the year long delay. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, I mean, the Japan one came out in November, so. Oh, okay. It had, well, okay. So it hasn't been that long. Eight, eight yeah. months, I guess. Fire Emblem got a year long delay. I don't know right. what's up with that. Yeah. Well, it's um, very, well, I don't know. I was going to say it's very text heavy, but I guess maybe not more than Animal Crossing. I'd say more than Animal Crossing. Yeah. yeah. I think this one, with all the different varieties. I know, uh, once again, uh, if you're curious about Fire Emblem Awakening, the localization, listen to 8 4 Play. They, they spend probably the first half an hour of their most recent episode talking about, uh, the localization process. Um, and it looks like, I mean, as far as plans for Fire Emblem being localized, I mean, that was kind of wrapped up, I think, close to the Japanese release, which, you know, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, but it seemed like they didn't really start it in earnest until, like, the fall. Uh, but, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really stoked for Animal Crossing, and I didn't really think I would be. But just hearing about the Japanese version and how crazy awesome it is, and just kind of thinking of, like, if I get this right before E3 and there is a cool street pass function in this game, it will go fucking bonkers, and it'll be great. <laughs> This is the kind of thing where I, I I don't really like Animal Crossing, and if this was just a retail release, I probably wouldn't just go out to a store and buy it, but this will be the kind of thing where I'm hearing, like, Neil, you just rant and rave about it and just reading things on Twitter, and I'm going to be sitting there with my 3DS in my hand and just say, well, I guess I'll download it. Fuck it. Hell. Yeah, let's give it a well, shot. Well, that's what I realized. Um, I mean, this is partially duty. This is partially your fault, Scott. But Always is. My... my like wet anticipation for Fire Emblem Awakening. <laughs> I, I was told I was told on Twitter that like uh, by by a few people that like I wasn't gonna get it, but then I heard like you know at Enron Ten talk about it. Like and I was just like it was at the point where I hadn't even played the fucking game yet, and I was just so stoked for it. Yeah. And then when I finally got my hands on it, I was just like, it is as good as I ever expected. Yeah. I, I got a few like there were comments on that like on the review, and then people tweeted at me too that follow me, and same thing. It was just like. You know, just with as much as, like, I was gushing about it, and everyone, really. I mean, it wasn't like it was just me. I mean, that, that day the reviews came out, it was like a, a whole bevy was just yeah. <laughs> unleashed of just all this praise upon Fire Emblem. So, 
it was easy to get swept up in, and I'm sure that's what'll happen for me in Animal Crossing, even though I really don't like Animal Crossing games. I mean, but oh well, we'll see what happens. I mean, I went, I went from over the course of like, you know, hearing your thoughts on the game, uh, you know, building up to your review, and then when you posted it, and uh, playing the demo, just I went from kind of lukewarm, like, oh, maybe I'll get Fire Emblem when it comes out, to being like completely on board with bells on, waving a sign, being like, everyone should buy Fire Emblem. <laughs> Yeah, it was kind of crazy. I mean, I like Fire Emblem games, so I knew I was going to get it. But then when I yeah. you know, got the review copy and I started playing it, I mean, I put 30 hours in in two weeks to, to get the review done to beat the game. And it was like, it was the easiest game. Not that I've reviewed a lot of games, but I mean, it was the easiest game I've ever reviewed. Like, it was no problem staying up till 4 a.m. putting time into it. Like, it wasn't a chore whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, that was that was the same thing for me, like uh, Kid Icarus Uprising. Right. But although that, the Kid Icarus Uprising did get to a point where I'm like, how is this game not over yet? <laughs> it is I'm like, game. really? Like, it keeps on going. You know, like, I kept on having to go down the rabbit hole because I did not know how long it was. Right. The good thing about Fire Emblem being out for so long already in Japan is that I looked online when I got it to see how many chapters there were. And when I saw there were 25, I was like, okay, I can do this. Like, I don't know how many there were. I didn't want to keep trying to plug away to beat it for the review and then find out there's like 50 chapters and I'm nowhere close. So that worked out pretty it, well. It's one of those things where, like, um, I mean, Fire Emblem Awakening is a long game, but if you were to just burn through the story missions, it would go by pretty fast. Oh, yeah, if you don't do it's any of that, side Oh, stuff. man, I, I get so swept up and, and side stuff. Me I'm trying too. to marry uh, Donald and uh, <laughs> and uh, um, the dancer, Olivia, because that seems oh. like a good call. I mean, he seems like the kind of guy, he's got a fucking bucket on his head, but he's going <laughs> to marry the really hot chick. <laughs> Donald is pretty amazing. And then Virion, on the other hand, like, right now he's just getting with, like, Maribel, because I think he's the only girl that he can marry that yeah. is left. Yeah. Yeah, that's what happens. Eventually you start pairing him, you know, you get down so yeah. many, it's like you, you gotta find those weird matches and make it work. Yeah. I'm not at that point yet. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm to start there. marrying people? Um, yeah. my, my, my avatar married Anna. Oh, and... that's such a killer combination. That's what I did. Yeah. It was it was just like after hearing Anna talk, I'm like, that's who I want my character to marry. Yeah, she's awesome. And like all I did is I just stood her in front and then would have the avatar stand behind her because she never gets hit because she dodges yeah. everything. And then he then they would both attack the enemy and more yep. than likely it would die. So Yeah, and then I have uh Chrome and Sully, which just kinda it just kinda happened. Like because you get to that <laughs> point where it forces it. And I was I, I the funny thing is I, that's why I kinda feel bad for the archer, because I was I was trying to get him and Sully together, and then it was just like, oh <laughs> shit, all that work is gone. <laughs> yeah, I have Sully in my party. She's oh really? Like level one back in. <laughs> oh, I liked her a lot. I kept her in right from the start. I kept uh, Stall and uh, Frederick. Oh, see, I didn't, use, I didn't use either. Of them. I might, I might, I think I'm gonna. I mean, I don't use Muriel or Frederick, but I think I'm gonna marry them all <laughs> at some point, just to do it. You need to level them up in battle, though, right? To have them. Well, they need there. to, they need to like, uh, fight next, they fight need to, fight to fight each other. Next to each other yeah. Or, I mean, have you got, Scott, did you pair people up at all? I never really liked it, but you can do that. Pairing up will build the relationship. It's so too. fucking overpowered. It it's is. absurd. Like, I started, I was just like, I was reading about it, and I was just like, I haven't really done that at all. So I fooled around with it, and it was also a good way where, like, um, because I, I kind of like played some of the side stuff to try to build up some of the relationship levels. So I just like ro- roll in there with, you know, like, four couples and just pair them all up and move them around, and then I just kick the shit out of everything. It's absurd. It is kind of too powerful, so I never I never really like to use it. But if all you're doing is grinding relationships in, in you know, random battles, it's it's helpful for that, for sure. But I know I didn't really like it. But 
I, I suppose on the harder difficulties, it's probably not as. I think I think it's completely necessary on the the harder difficulties. Right, it probably you probably have to use it. I think so. I mean this is I didn't think I would get this far gone into this game where I think after I beat it, I might start over on hard. I'm gonna do it. I, I've been waiting. I, I needed some time away from it after the two week playing spree, but I'm gonna go through and start over in uh in a harder difficulty for sure. Yeah, I was really close to giving this game a ten, if I can be perfectly honest. But I was like, I just I don't think I can. Like I like it just didn't. It's, I it's really to, tough, but I just felt like I I, I couldn't do it. There's still a few little things I could nitpick, and I don't know. I mean, I, my my personal rubric for ten is like if I can't think of a con to write for the game, right? Then that's when I need to start thinking of maybe I should give it a ten, and that's I mean that's what happened with like Punch I Out. Mean, yeah, that's what happened with what, what was it? Punch Out, Skyward Sword, and. uh Although Skyward Sword, I think I could think of a few cons, but it just didn't fucking matter because it was it was such a grand experience overall. But for Kirby's Epic Yarn and Punch Out, it was like for what those games were, I don't I don't think they could be any better for me. Right, and that's kind of an interesting debate. Is like, do you have this universal scale that all games are placed evenly on, or do you have like a scale for each game depending on the type of game it is? You know, it's like yeah. Kirby's Epic Yarn isn't ultimately better than a lot of other games, but for what it is. It's perfect, you know. And yeah. I agree. I mean, with how no, you, no how game is no that. game is perfect, but I mean, but I mean, yeah. I mean, that's the thing with Punch Out is because I mean that was the first like ten I, I ever gave, and I was very reticent about it. But I kept on coming back to it where I'm like, I played everything I possibly could in this game, and I can't think of any way that I could have been like, well, maybe if they did that better, right. Like, it was just, it, oh man, that fucking game. And right. the funny thing is that, like, since then, I, I haven't played it, but that's just because I have this, well, I, well, I've, I've kind of, I, I, like, played it with my brother a little bit and showed it to a, showed it to a niece, but for the most part, it's like, I played it so much and enjoyed it so much that it's just, like, this perfect memory to me. You know, speaking of, like, passing the controller back and forth, like I mentioned earlier with New Super Luigi U, that's what a friend and I did, and it was, it felt just like we were, like, 10 years old again, playing, like, Super Punch Out. <laughs> That is, if you if you look, well, it's probably a little changed, but I put 15 hours into Punch Out over two play sessions. Wow! Holy shit! I mean, for, first of it was that it was it was for the review, but it was it was like my friend and I we we sat down, you know, both big Punch Out fans, and just would play through it, and like you know, like one of us would get stuck on one and swap off, or we just like switch every every battle, and I mean, also this is this is like because it, it came out in May, so it was right after I got out of college. Oh, nice. Um, so I didn't I didn't really have anything to do, and I think <laughs> I was like working starting in June. So we just sat and we played the shit out of that game. Yeah, this was, is the perfect it game was for like fucking incredible. Perfect game for like two friends to hang out, order pizza, like have beer, and like yeah, just pass the controller back and forth and just just like, marathon I, it. I, I might have to break that game out again. Um, it's so good. It is, yeah. But we have gotten way off track. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. So soft. It's it's because we keep on thinking of Fire Emblem. I know. How can you not? If I just can close the, the chapter on that, I love that Nintendo of America like tweeted your review for that game or like said like remember yeah like a Nintendo year report? or two later. <laughs> yeah, I gave that game a ten. That was awesome. Yeah. And then the money. I mean, that, that, rolling in. Yep. And I mean, that's part of the reason why, you know, with like Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon, you know, tying it back. I mean, that's made by Next Level Games, the same guys that did Punch Out. That is why I have the utmost faith in that game. Have they already contacted you asking you for another 10? No. Luigi's Mansion would have to be doing a lot of things that I don't think it will be able to do to get that from me. Um, 
but it's just like, I mean, because those guys made the Strikers games, and they made Punch-Out! And as far as I'm concerned, like, those are top shelf in both of those genres. So, you know, with them working on Luigi's Mansion, like, I, my expectations are very, very high. Like, people, people talk about how they're so looking forward to what Retro's doing next. And I mean, I am too, but for me, like, Next Level and Monster Games, when they work with Nintendo, they make games that I completely love in almost every single way. Yeah, totally. Because, I mean, Excite Truck, Excite Bots, Pilot Wings Resort, even. Um, I mean, those games are awesome. I still need to play Pilot Wings Resort. <laughs> yeah, don't spend $40 on that. I'll say, tell yeah, you, that you can download it now for a really high price. <laughs> yeah. You could probably find it somewhere for $10 new on, on cartridge. Um, so what what we really came here to talk about is the Animal Crossing DLC for Style Savvy Trendsetters. It's out today. Um, I don't really want to mock Style Savvy Trendsetters too much because I hear that it's really, really good for you know, a fashion game that I don't have any interest in playing. Um, and I'm, I, there's no doubt in my mind that it's probably a fantastic game. It's just that I have zero interest in it. Right. And it's called style savvy, which is a fun word to say. <laughs> which one? Style or savvy? Or I guess, I guess fun, fun pair of words there to you say. Go. You don't, you don't like the trendsetters part. You just want to yeah. chop style it off. Savvy. Well, I mean, you know, <laughs> I like, I like that. The, the alliteration, <laughs> the alliteration. Is there, um, any like, Street Pass stuff with that. Like, I could see us getting really weirdly into that at, at PAX. Like, last year, what was I it? Might, Freaky Forms, you guys were all about. Yeah, I might I might have to look into that. I'm going to have to design some clothes. I mean, I'm excited uh, for Fire Emblem and Brain Age Street Passing at PAX. Because um, the Brain Age Street Passing, it's like, I, I think you could, like, get people to, f- like, train your brain against. I, I, yeah, I'm excited just to try the co-op mode in Fire Emblem. That'll be fun. Yeah. Let's see how that goes. Uh, so Lego City Undercover The Chase Begins. This the is so 3D... stupid. <laughs> just the release plan for this really bugs me. <laughs> so Lego City Undercover is coming out on Wii U on March 18th. A month later, a prequel game is coming out on 3DS. Um, so, I, I mean, the game... Honestly, like, The Chase Begins looks pretty solid. It's an open-world 3DS game. I thought it was going to be, I guess, like, a lot shittier looking and a lot, like, smaller of a scope. But it seems like it still has that kind of large scope, and it's not just, like, well, it's tough because, unfortunately, the only way you can kind of do it is it's the shitty portable version of, you know, the the home console game. And it's coming out a month later. Like, I don't understand that. Mm Mm-hmm. It's going to live and die by how well the Wii U version, or just LEGO City Undercover does. If that game bombs completely, then this is just, no one's going to get it. And by bombs, I mean doesn't get good reviews, and no one likes it. I mean, Because that's still up in the air. I, I'm still, like, I'm kind of coming around on LEGO City Undercover, because, I mean, I, I played a horrible E3 demo last year, but everything I've kind of seen of the game over the past, like, two months... Looks like it's really polished and really, really well done. And it kind of has to be, because it's like Nintendo's game for the next fucking four months on Wii U. Um, so other stuff, Ninja Gaiden 3, or Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge is getting a free update, which is just adding the content that will be in the forthcoming Xbox 360 and PlayStation 3 versions of Ninja Gaiden 3 Razor's Edge. Well, I guess at least it's coming. I mean, it, yeah. it could have easily just left it out and made it exclusive to yep. those. So that's something, at least. Uh, and then Wii Street U came out today. 
Uh, did either of you guys p- fool around with this? No. Um, I I did my due diligence as a journalist, you schmucks. Um, <laughs> and I played this like for a little bit, and it's it's a lot it's a lot more novel than I thought it would be. But I probably played as much as I ever will, of, or use this app as much as I ever will, because it's kind of cool. Because it's basically like you know you go down to Google Street View. And you can hold up the gamepad and kind of, like, move it and turn around. And also, like, you, like, hit a button to walk. Um, that's kind of neat. But, yeah, I mean, it's free, so I guess download it. If it costs money and you buy it, you're dumb. Because <laughs> it's just Google Maps. Yeah, I'll check it out eventually. I, got, I haven't really been on my Wii U today. I've just been kind of yeah. busy. But I'll, and, I'll... Then I, and then I realized when I turned on my Wii U that I, I've not used my Wii U. I should actually check. I th- well, I, I guess the last time I played it was Puddle, which was like a week and a half ago, I guess. Um, I don't know the last time I played it. Well, no, I played, I mean, it doesn't really count, but I played the first hour of Xenoblade Chronicles a, a yeah. few weeks ago just for the fun of it. Cause that was I might, might wind up playing more Wii games on that than Wii yeah. games. It's become my Hulu machine for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, Lauren was watching Hulu on it earlier. But, yep. Um, so then we got to the 3DS eShop stuff after this. Um, Harmonite is coming out on March 28th, and the demo's on March 14th. I think the mistake with this game is releasing it after BitTrip Runner 2, or just Runner 2, I guess it would be. Well, I mean, I think there should be like a month buffer. Yeah, they're just so similar of a game that everyone's going to be burned out on Runner 2. Well, they're also on different platforms. That's, yeah, but true. (laughs) <laughs> my argument's now invalid. <laughs> it's kind of funny because I was like, I was like, I don't like, I don't know what it is, but there's something about what you're saying that doesn't add up. <laughs> I mean, I no, I totally get your point, but I think that there's enough space between them, and I think it's like kind of an an underdeveloped enough genre that it'll be fine. I think having a demo is really cool too. Yeah, I mean that's a good move. Everything should have a demo at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of things are getting a demo, but one game that's not getting a demo is Curse Blues. <laughs> I love the delivery of that by uh, Nintendo of America's Kit Ellis was perfect. <laughs> just like, on this new wacky game that has a, you know, and I, a concept just as wacky as its title. Curse Blues! <laughs> um, this is a really weird game. And at first I was like, this is dumb. And then I watched the full trailer and it's just like donuts? Like, Petroishka dolls? Like, I don't know what's next. There's pizza. Like, okay. (laughs) You control a thing, not even like a a stone, because it seems to change into different things as you go down the well. It's just like a stone going down a well that transforms into a thing and has to dodge other ridiculous things. Like, I'm on board. (laughs) It just looks like a different version of Quetzal's Corridors to me, which I guess that was through space before. Yeah. Um, that's developed by, uh, Keys Factory, who I kind of think developed this game. It, it strikes me as, like, a a Mitchell Corp, Tokyo Crash Mobs kind of take (laughs) on Through Space. Do you think there's going to be, uh, real-life cutscenes? I (laughs) hope. I hope so badly. I need more people, like, laying on the floor, crazily drawing circles. Dude, Tokyo Crash Mobs is a trip. (laughs) And then, uh, Mario and Donkey Kong Minis on the Move. That's coming soon. It's not Mario versus Donkey Kong, because they're not fighting. Apparently the plot is, like, Pauline and Donkey Kong, like, open up 
something. I don't know. <laughs> I think the Europe one kind of went into the story a little more. But uh, it has another graphical change, kind of like Mario Luigi. Uh, did you guys check it out, and do you like it? I actually didn't. I didn't see any video okay. on this, so I have. I can't really say either way. I, like I haven't it. been a fan of the Mario and Luigi game, or not Mario. Um, Mario, Mario versus Donkey Kong. Yeah. The Deke, the mini games, but I don't know. The, this one, what I saw of it, it looked not like the other ones where you're guiding the minis around. Oh, like, I mean, uh, I, I think that might still be a control option, but it looks like there's more variety in the puzzle the, types. Yeah, it looked like there was a lot of those puzzles where you're like literally building. Like what looked like pipes, kind of curling around, and which that is a lot of latent games have those types of puzzles, yeah. and I like that. So, yeah, I'm totally on board for this game. I played the shit out of the DSiWare uh, Minis March again, I believe it was, and I was kind of like, oh, maybe I'll get the mini game that came before this, and I realized I'm like, it's pretty much just Minis March again, and then I was like, well, maybe I'll get the one uh, Mini Land Mayhem the one that came out after that on DS, and I was like, well, that's kind of just Minis March again again. Um, so this one I'm excited for because it looks like it's kind of changing up the formula. And, um, I mean, this is probably later in the year, um, maybe like May or June at the earliest. They did not give a time frame, just soon. They did give a release date for Dylan's Rolling Western The Last <laughs> Ranger, which is coming out on April 11th. Um, I'll let you guys talk about this game, but I completely fucking despise the first one. <laughs> and once I went, okay, this is this is still that <laughs> shitty tower defense concept? Yeah, I'm out. I'm gonna get it, because I think hopefully they improved on what was bad about the first one. So, I'm gonna give it a shot. I didn't play the first one, so I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping I, this I'm is I'm hoping that some other poor soul will take the bait on this that hated the first one, and will report back to the internet and just be like, yeah, it's actually pretty good. Or like, nope, still shitty. I think you need to review it, Neil. I think that's what this comes down to. Damn please, it. please. <laughs> uh, I just want another shitstorm that was your review of Dylan's Rolling Western. No, actually, the, the bigger shitstorm was Kulafi's impressions that came out the day of. That's true. That's true. I, I would like to think I was pretty fair in my review. Kulafi was just like, this game killed my family. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's right. I guess I'm getting that mixed up. Your review, while you didn't like the game, that's right. It was, it was, it was a funny day all around. Yeah, because the review went up the same day, didn't it? Yeah, well, because we actually we got a code like a, a day or so early, so I was playing the shit out of this game to get the review done. And, like, I kind of realized, like, an hour, like, at first I was like, oh, this is kind of neat, I get it. And then, like, probably two hours into playing, I'm like, oh, no, I don't like this at all. <laughs> like, it's just the same thing over and over again, and it's not that fun. That's right. So it was Alex's impressions, and then shortly followed by your review, yeah. all, all together just shitting all over this yeah, game. Yeah, pe people were not you. happy that <laughs> no. and enjoyed it. I remember people yelling at you. Yeah, the thing that bothered me was that, oh, you just wanted to get the review up. I'm like, no, I, I played the fucking game. <laughs> I played too much of the game. Right, people yes, assume I, you just downloaded it and wrote the review yeah. like an hour later, yeah. Like, I mean, yes, I, I played probably more more of the game over a stretch of time than a human should, but it's not like I didn't play the game all the way through. Like, I suffered through that game. And then uh, Harvest Moon, Game Boy Color, and Legend of the River King, Game Boy Color, and Coming to Virtual Console, they were on a release list last year, so, yeah. I think it's weird that they're making such a big deal out of virtual console titles coming to the service. 
To me, that makes... isn't that what we expected? Yeah. To, right. to me, it's that those two will actually come out, which is cool. Yeah, but no, but Patrick's right. I mean, at this point, it's like, that should be expected. Like, these games, yeah. like, Game Boy Color games were supposed to be coming out. You know, I feel like at E3, if they took a special time to, like, highlight that games are coming out on the Wii Virtual Console, which yeah. I guess was that how rare that became. That actually <laughs> probably would have been a real surprise and treat for people. I don't know. Yeah. Virtual Console stuff's weird. It seems like they backed off of it quite a bit. For as big a push yeah. as it was in 2006. Well, like, we did, uh, uh, at E3 last year, um, I think, uh, well, Patrick, that was, that was your end of the curry table where we were kind of talking to, uh, uh, Dan Edelman from Nintendo, who now is a bit of a, I guess a minor bit of a personality. I think Nintendo Life did a big story on him, so people kind of know who he is. But he was, uh, he was telling us that, like, he was kind of, like, they, they did not expect the virtual console to be as big as it was. Mm-hmm. Like, they kind of had the virtual console there to be a stopgap until we wear. And then if you notice, like, when we wear hit, there was, like, you know, Virtual Console backed off a lot, and then people started getting really mad. Right. And the sales of Virtual Console games still bested pretty much everything on WiiWare. Oh, yeah, for sure. Well, I think the problem was is, like, they didn't just release a few games here and there. They actually released quite a bit. And, like, even Rare stuff or, you know, just, just some interesting selections across the board. And so people were like, holy shit, like, we're going to get, like, almost full libraries for these systems, like, within a few years. You know, like, every, almost everything should be up. And then they really backed off of that. And then it was like, well, you know kind of sold us a bill of goods here. Like, we thought we were getting something, and that's apparently not how you envisioned it. But yep. nonetheless, it's what we want. So it's been a big conflict there. Yeah. Just get Earthbound on there. I think everyone will pretty much calm down. <laughs> it's not going to happen, yeah. though. It won't. I don't know. I think uh, the fact that it's coming out on the Japan Virtual Console gives a little more hope. Well, if you remember in Smash Brothers, there was a demo for Earthbound uh, in the Japanese version, and they removed it from the American version. Yeah. So, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I think uh, it could be an interesting future for Earthbound. Because, you know, like, that's the thing is, like, Ness and Lucas, like, they'll probably be in the next Smash Brothers game. Yeah. I I would think so. I don't think they would take them out. At least, maybe take Lucas out. I think you'd keep Ness in. He's more iconic. What if that is what Retro's working on? A new Earthbound? <laughs> I doubt it. <laughs> I used no, to be I mean... crazy. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say Etoy, cause I can't fucking pronounce his first name off the top of my head. Uh, the dude who wrote all the mother games, um, it's his baby. Yeah. Like, they would not do a game without him writing it, and That'd he's be so not funny, writing, though. he's not writing a new mother game. And for the first time, it's gonna be first person. <laughs> a first person adventure. <laughs> you see inside Ness's head. <laughs> You'll see the brim of his hat. Yeah, you see his reflection in windows. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I want, if anyone's listening to this is like a hacker or modder or something, make a mod of Metroid Prime where you're controlling <laughs> Ness instead of Samus. I mean, the, the, the framework is already here. The Earthbound cover, like the box art, has the reflection of Ness's face in, you know. In oh, the, yeah. Uh, what are those guys called? The Star... Starman. Starman. Starman, yeah. You see the reflection of his face, so <laughs> this has already been predetermined years ago. Make it happen, Retro. Alright, what's next? <laughs> um, we got a few demos uh, that we found out about. I mean, they were kind of also reiterating dates of 3DS and Wii U games that we knew about. Yeah. Like, uh, we're getting a Castlevania subtitle, subtitle game G- uh, yeah. demo on February 28th. Um, and then a Monster Hunter 3 demo... 
is hitting both Wii U and 3DS on February 21st. This is awesome. Yeah, I'm kind of excited for that because that is going to help me decide which system I get the game on. I think I'll get it on Wii U just so I can play my Wii U. Yeah, I mean, I think the Wii U one, uh, the Wii U one's the only one with online, right? Yeah, I think you're right. I think so. Although I don't think you can play it on the gamepad only, which kind of blows. Yeah. For this type of game, though, would you want to play it gamepad Yeah, I mean, I guess I would want to play an up Wii game. Yeah, I don't don't know, though, but I mean, for this kind of game, like, any kind of RPG I think would be good on the gamepad because then you're not hogging the TV for hours on end. Like, playing Xenoblade the other day, the the Wii version, you know, I was just like, man, I wish I could just be playing this on the gamepad right now. Yeah. Yep. So, yeah, Monster Hunter 3, I I, I have a feeling I'm probably going to get it. I think so, too, just because there's nothing else out. (laughs) I want to play something. I've always been kind of curious, so I'll try the demo, and if it resonates, then I will do that. Yep, yep. This next, this next one we're going to talk about is interesting. Yes. So the big final thing, which wasn't that surprising because Japan announced it first. So, But Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D, a port slash remake of the Wii game, is coming out this summer. Um, This is kind of weird. I did not expect this at it. all. I don't get it. I will I will say now I, I will get this game. Um, I never beat Donkey Kong Country Returns, and my copy is currently hijacked by my four-year-old niece, mm. who um, probably she, sucks at it. Yeah. Well, well, <laughs> what, what this story is is like my brother and her were at a Target, and they had the because they had the, they had the demo for this game at Target for like fucking four years. Well, probably it was the last like big Wii game. <laughs> yeah, this was like seven months ago when they still had the demo for a yeah. game that came out in two thousand ten. Um. And there were, like, two kids playing it that were probably, like, you know, like, eight or nine. And she's just, like, telling them what to do, being like, get that banana! And, like, they weren't, like, listening to her at all, and she just kept on getting madder and madder. So, like, my brother told me about this. I'm like, here, just take the game. That's funny. That's cute. You're good, uncle. Uh, yeah, I try. <laughs> I also gave her, I gave her my copy of Scribble Knots Unlimited. And she just, she's four, so she doesn't really know how to write. Um, so she's just kind of typing in random words, and then it has, like, the, do you mean this? And she just clicks that. Of course I meant that. <laughs> yeah. So my brother, like, gave her the gamepad and, like, walked away, and then he came back and, like, everyone had wings. <laughs> That's kind of amazing, actually. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty damn cool. That'd be a good, like, that's actually a good learning game. I'll have to, like, think about that when Tegan's a little bit older. Yeah. I, mean, I have the game now. I'm assuming I'll keep it. I don't. I mean, maybe. I, yeah, that, it, but... I mean, that's part of the reason why I, I was, I was like, you know, take this because I mean, she's not going to be able to, you know, it's not like she's going to be able to like write things that she wants to do, but like it's, it's a creative learning game. And if you like, play it together, really like if she said what yeah. she was thinking, and then she could see how it's spelled, and you know, just see how that yeah. all works, that would be, that's actually kind of a good idea. So. I wonder if that's the type of game that we'll see in classrooms of the future, where they're teaching children by using interactive media. If that ever happens. I could totally see that happening. God. Like, that sounds like the type of game where it's like, do you know what this is? Well, just type it in and it'll show it to you. Well, those fucking guys need to go pitch that to schools right now. Yeah. They are missing out on a lot of money if that's the case. <laughs> I better go do it before yeah. we get, get all the it's credit. It's called <laughs> Right Knots. <laughs> Perfect. Um, yeah, but this is interesting. I think they're doing this because a lot of people probably missed it. 
I mean, when you talk to people, I don't think a lot it's of people still, played this it's game. It still sold a couple million units. It was, I mean, I don't think it was, it, well, it wasn't quite like, you know, it's not like New Super Mario Brothers Wii level, but. Sure. I mean, it was, it was a marquee holiday title and it, it sold a lot of units. Did it, I mean, I just feel like everyone I talked to, like you, including you, Neil, and like Zach, and every time I've yeah. ever brought up this game, it's like, oh yeah, like, I played that for a little bit, but never finished it, or, you know, I like, think... I never really checked that out. What else came out? Well, that was Epic Yarn. But there was, like... Was Other M around that time? Other M, I think, was earlier that year. Okay, was it? Because this was, this was, like... Oh, yeah, this like was the late. You're right, like, November. Sunday before it? Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, This was the marquee holiday title in 2010. For some reason, I didn't get it at launch. I think it might have been money, or it might have been, like, a bunch of other games that I wanted came out around then. Um, I wound up getting it, like, cheap after Christmas. And, like, I really enjoyed what I played, but it just, like, I, it just kind of faded away from me. Yeah. I love this game. I've played through it to completion twice with Tavi, and I, I really enjoy it. Um, I think it'll fit on a handheld. Um, I think I think it's a smart move. You remove the waggle to roll. That's good. Um, and you open up, the, you know, the opportunity for a lot more people to play it who might have overlooked it because it was so late into the Wii's life. Um, well, I guess not, well, yeah, it was like, what, the second to last year, I guess, that real games came out for the Wii, um, because nothing really came out in 2012. But, um, I'm, I'm worried that they're going to more than likely remove the cooperative mode, which I think is, I think I tweeted this earlier, but I think it's the best of the cooperative modes of all those 2D games on the Wii. I think it's better than New Super Mario Brothers Wii. Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of fun with the co-op mode when I played it. So, yeah. I wonder. I wonder if the co-op mode will come back. Yeah, I don't know. I guess it wouldn't. I was gonna say as long as they don't do a new Super Mario Brothers two co-op. Oh god, where the screen's but, locked on one person and the other guy can't even see isn't anything. It, isn't it that way already? On the well, you you share a screen, oh. but it, but yeah. it, it like you know it like will dynamically zoom out and allow you to really see what you're doing. Um, but yeah, you all you always stay together on the same screen. New Super Mario Bros. 2 didn't even do that. I mean, it was literally locked down one person and would not follow or adjust at all for the second <laughs> player. So, I mean, it literally was like playing Sonic 2 with Sonic and Tails, and you just make your little brother play Tails. Because so, you hated bad. him. Because you hated him, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Funny thing is, I did that shit to my older brother. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how you got away with that. Yeah. He, he wasn't a fighter. Yeah, Neil was that little kid that everyone always feared. Like he was so much t- smaller than everyone else, but they just feared him. Not yeah. really. <laughs> I mean, just my brother. Just my brother. But um, yeah, I don't know. What do you guys think? You think you would pick this up on 3ds? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I would. I will play the hell out of this game on 3ds. Patrick, did you play the Wii game? I did. I just don't know if I want this one. I never beat the Wii game. I don't know what it was that I just never finished it. Yeah. I, I know I won't get this. I mean, I played through the game enough, and to me, the co-op was the best part. So, I mean, not that it's a bad game single player. I mean, it's it's a gorgeous game. Music's pretty good for the most part, and it, it is a lot of fun, but I've done it through I want to wait until closer to launch, because I'm sure there's going to be some kind of new content, new features. Something will be there. Yeah, and yeah, I guess if there was... Something like that, maybe that would pull me in. But if it's literally just all the same levels and everything, then I wish it was just a sequel. Even if they took out the co-op, I wish yeah. it was just all new levels and everything. And bring so, back Dixie. Who do you think is deve- who do you think is developing this game? You know my answer. <laughs> retro. I'm just gonna keep swinging for the fences with that I, one. Th- this is actually like a serious retro. Yeah, though, this because, this one like, would make sense. Well, yeah, I think it's the team that worked on Mario Kart 7. 
because it wasn't a big team that that helped out. Who ported but, I mean, Ocarina of Time to uh, Grezzo? I think the rumor the rumor with Grezzo is that they're working on the 3DS Zelda. Oh right, right. Or or like the Majora's Mask remake or whatever. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, I think one of those two is a thing that's going to happen in the fall. Mm-hmm. I think, and I and I think with the Wind Waker HD remake, I would put my money more on a new 3DS Zelda game. Yeah, it'd be weird to release two remakes at the same time across your two main platforms, but, but I guess it's not unheard of. That like the Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D thing kind of works out when when it's supposed to come out with you know after Mario Kart 7, like that team working on porting that over, and you know maybe that maybe they grew a little bit in size there too. Um, but still, like a year and a half to port that game over, that kind of makes sense. So I guess the the big thing, and I've been kind of talking about this on Twitter, and thanks to to uh to Donald Mick for uh or I guess Shaman, whatever 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 uh whatever net handle he wants to use, um you know one of those guys from Nintendo Free Radio, um but like the order of these games, because right now we have three summer 2013 3DS titles, we have. Mario Luigi Dream Team, we have Mario Golf World Tour, and we have Donkey Kong Country Returns 3D. And I think that, uh, I mean, my first reaction was like, well, those three games aren't going to come out in the summer. But then thanks to Shaman, he made a good point that Mario Luigi could come out halfway through September and still technically be a summer release. Right. And I think that's... Like that. I think that's where Bowser's Inside Story yeah. ended. Yeah, like I, I mean, Nintendo usually follows follows kind of routines with their games. Like when they hit, it's like there's certain windows. Sometimes they miss them. Sometimes they invent new windows. But <laughs> it's kind of what they do. When Nintendo closes a window, they open another window. <laughs> they just have this house that's just all windows, and that, that's their solution. <laughs> it's just it's window time. But I mean, yeah, I mean, like that. There was like I think a three-year period where there was like a new Metroid game in every August. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, like I think Mario Golf will probably be like late June or late July. Donkey Kong Country will probably be in the like the uh, the new Super Mario Brothers two slot in mm-hmm. in early August or mid August or something, and then Mario and Luigi will probably be mid September. Yeah, that seems to make and, the most sense. And that sounds like a pretty awesome summer, if you ask me. Yeah. Especially with Animal Crossing at the beginning of June. Yeah, it's not bad at all. I'll take it. Yep. Yeah, I'd buy it for a dollar. There you go, a little RoboCop reference. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this this was an exciting uh, Nintendo Direct. Like I said, I, I think I tweeted to you, Neil, like, I have no idea what to expect from these things anymore. They were pretty, like, status quo for a while. Like, just, here's release dates of things you know... Maybe you get a little bit new information and that's it. And then that one, you know, a couple of weeks ago with the Wii U was just like, oh, we're just going to start revealing all kinds of crazy shit in these. Uh, there you go. And then this one was kind of a mixture of both. You know, it was like, well, we got reinforced release dates for stuff we knew about and then a whole bunch of games we didn't even know coming this year. So Yeah. I think if you kind of follow the the routine, Last year, we had some pretty rad Nintendo Directs, because that's when they first started, where we'd be getting release dates and new information about upcoming games and stuff like that. Like, because we had, I think, was it this? No, I think it was, I think it was, like, the April one where they revealed New Super Mario Bros. 2. Um, but I, I have a feeling we might get to the same point where, like, you get to, like, August and September, and then the Nintendo Directs suck. Just because there's nothing that they haven't already shown at E3 and in past Directs. Yeah, you're probably right. 
Because I think it's kind of like the stuff before E3, like, it's a little bit more fair game until, like, you get to, like, the couple weeks before E3. Right. Um, so we might have another cool one, like, uh, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, we have a, a Nintendo Direct each month alternating Wii U and 3DS. Yeah, it's probably a good move. I They need another Wii U, Wii U one soon to cement those, like, uh, Game & Wario pick yeah. 3. Yeah, like, I wouldn't be surprised if that's late February, early March. We get one that's just, like, Game & Wario and Pikmin 3 and stuff like that. I mean, it's their, their, usually their way of delivering news, and it's a pretty damn good one. Do it next week, the day before the PS4 announcement. That would be really smart. <laughs> During the PS4 <laughs> Yeah, that's yeah. same time slot. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll yep. see what happens, but good stuff. Yep. I think that's about it. Yep. Let's call that a podcast and rap. Well, a podcast segment. Yes. And rap. Because there's still rap, plenty Are more. you actually going to wrap us off? Then? No. Go ahead, Neil. I'm, I'm no John Lundeman. <laughs> yeah. No one is, unfortunately. Okay. Sadly. Well, yep. Bye. <laughs> this segment of Connectivity. I'm Scott Thompson. Uh, today I'm joined by Neil Ronahan. Hello. Hello. And uh, all the way from Japan, Danny Bivens. Hi. I, is, what is that, Batman? Is Something that like that. It's like sick Batman. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, conge- congested Batman. <laughs> <laughs> And um, today we're going to be doing something a little different. So that's um, what it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> we're, it's actually just our Batman impersonation segment. Yes. At least uh, I feel like I feel like Zach would chime in here with an "Of course." Yeah, he would do his bane <laughs> for sure. Um. So last week we got a uh, email from a listener. Maybe it was two weeks ago now, and uh, asking us about you know how like our parents feel about us playing video games. And for whatever reason, that got me thinking about playing video games as a kid and as a teenager and stuff and kind of this idea of discussing stories in our lives that are sort of tied to video games like these momentous uh memorable parts of our lives that are just somehow tied to video games in uh just sort of maybe weird or obscure or just funny ways um so i've got danny and neil here and we're all gonna share share some stories here sing a little kumbaya it should be good um i don't know who, who wants to go first well i mean anyway. i i guess i kind of have a few and i have one that, that that i'm kind of remembering right now as you mentioned that old email um which i actually just listened to that segment it was it was a fun segment i wish i could have chimed in on the parents stuff um but i can chime in and that 
I would not attribute video games to why I was a slacker in middle school and high school with homework, but it definitely helped out. Um, but I do remember uh, Legend of Zelda Wind Waker specifically in uh, being something that is closely tied to, I think, part of how my parents felt about video games when I was a kid, and also, I guess, one of those life stories that goes along with it. So when Wind Waker came out, that would have been 2003, so, it, you know, not to make you guys feel all old and shit, although I guess our age differences aren't that ridiculous. I think I would have been in, like, eighth grade or, like, Ugh. yeah, yeah, I think that I think that would have been eighth grade or the <laughs> oh, or freshman man. year of high school. No, I, I, I was I it was it, I was a junior in high school. I, I think that might have been freshman year of high school because I think uh, graduate no six. Yeah, 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 that would have been freshman year in high school when Wonder came out. What about you, Danny? Well, I was in college. Oh wow! <laughs> How old First were you, Danny? year of college. I'm 28. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So you you've okay. got you've got like four years on me. So that make, yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> um. But yeah, so I was a freshman in high school, and um, I was not doing. It's not that I wasn't doing well in school. I just I did I did not like doing homework at all. You know, not 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 a super dumb kid, just neglected to do work outside of school. Um, so Wind Waker came out, and I got it. I was playing the shit out of it. I loved that game. Um, although I did not like the Triforce Hunt at the time, but that is a story for another <laughs> tale. Um, so I'm in like I think I was in like the second dungeon or something, and then. You know, I think it was like progress reports or something like that. And, oh, Neil's not doing his homework. So my parents were like, that's it. We're just going to take the controllers away. Because, <laughs> like, I mean, o- over the years, my parents kind of developed a few habits. I mean, I'm the, I'm the youngest of three. So uh, not that my, I mean, my sister didn't really play games. My brother was a mild gamer, but he was also a slacker like me. So they, they had some ways to test it out. And some of the ways would be like they'd take the power cord and and usually we'd find ways around it, but they figured, okay, we'll just take the controllers. And they were very thorough, and they took every... They, I mean, I had four GameCube controllers, and they took every <laughs> fucking one. And then I got home from school, and, you know, there would be like a two-hour difference between when my parents would get home. And every day that I'd come home from school, I'd be like, all right, they're not here. I have until, like, you know, 5, 5.30. I'd go sneak into the room. And, I, you know, the first the first afternoon was mostly wasted searching through their room for where they had the controllers. And I'd find the controllers. <laughs> and I'd take a controller and I'd play Wind Waker. And I did that every day for like two or three weeks before they gave me the controllers back. Nice. <laughs> and the best part about it is that near the end, I would just get, I would get sloppy and, and just leave the controller up. But they never, they never knew because they never really checked it, like where they hit them. Um, they just left them there and then. Finally, they're like, all right, you know, apparently you're doing better in school, which maybe I was, maybe I wasn't, and then I, <laughs> then I got my controllers back. But that, that was how I first experienced the majority of Wind Waker was, like, illicitly, which I don't know if that makes me like the game more or like it less, because my first impression with Wind Waker wasn't, wasn't superb. Like, I love the art style, but, I mean, the Triforce hunt really bothered me when I was, you know, 14. But well, yeah, now, because you were like racing to play the game before. Yeah, your parents that, I mean, yeah, that, I mean, probably actually. Now that I think of it, yeah, it probably makes a lot of sense as to why parts of that game frustrated me. Right, you didn't want to wander around in the ocean for an hour because you needed, you know, where, you only had a limited amount of time. Replaying that when I was like, you know, twenty or twenty-one, that I did a few years ago, like, oh man, I fucking love that game. Right, that's pretty amazing. But yeah. Um, so uh, w- my story, I, I've only got I've only got the one here, um, at least that I prepared, um, is also tied to Zelda. 
Um, it involves the first time I kissed a girl. Ooh. Uh, yeah. So um, have been, you I, know, hot-ass, like, 11-year-old Scott Thompson. <laughs> God, I, well, okay, so I should clarify, not like, okay, I probably, there were probably, like, the times I, like, pecked, like, you know, like, in elementary, middle school, but this was, like, the first, like, real, like, this was it, like, girlfriend, like, real serious kiss, and, like, yeah. I, 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 I don't know if I was, like, a late bloomer or what, but this was actually, like, the summer before my senior year of high school. So like this is this is this is probably kind of late. Like you guys were probably banging chicks when you were twelve. Yeah. But yeah, so I was like yeah, seventeen. That's what I was doing. You know, nerdy kid <laughs> with glasses who was short at the time, playing Wind Waker, <laughs> stealing his parents' GameCube controller. I was I was rolling in the pussy in high school, <laughs> or at least or, or especially freshman year. You know, right for sure. So um, yeah, so I met this girl at a mutual friend's like party, and we kind of like you know we just kind of hit it off right away. And she actually lived. Like in Illinois, probably like two hours away. Represent. Um. Yeah. Exactly. Danny uh, from. Danny's Illinois. like, I know her. <laughs> I, I think so I do. This, yeah. We're Eskimo yeah. brothers. <laughs> so this. <laughs> so th- this was like a like a summer thing. Um. You know, it, it our little relationship didn't last past summer. Obviously, once school started and everything, and just the distance, it was just too yeah. much. Um, for two people who like had just gotten their license and didn't really have the means to drive out, you know, two hours away a lot. But we spent a we spent a few uh months together during the summer. Hot steamy months. Hot steamy months. That's right. And I, <laughs> I we're never gonna get through this. And I went. Uh, so I went out there one day, and we went and we and we hadn't kissed yet at this point. So it's probably like the second or third time like we'd really hung out, just the two of us. And we went and saw the third Terminator movie. Ooh. That gives you an idea of, of when this was. I, I yeah. guess, it, I mean, yeah, it was 2000. It would have been 2000. I, I think, yeah, I think that might have been the same time I was stealing my parents' GameCube controller. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so we saw, we saw the Terminator movie, and then a bunch of her friends came over, and I met a bunch of her friends for the first time. And she was like, hey, like, you know, I'm, I'm stuck in this part in Ocarina of Time. Like, can you come, will you come downstairs and, like, help me get past it? So we, we left the group, and we went downstairs into her basement. And uh, she was playing the GameCube uh, version of Ocarina of Time that came yeah. out with that collector's, that collector's disc or whatever. That had Master um, Quest. Yeah, with Master Quest, exactly. So she's in the Fire Temple, and she's stuck at some part. And I don't even remember it being, like, especially difficult. It's like, maybe this was just, like, a really, like, clever, coy way just to separate us from the group. I'll never, guess, I guess I'll never really know, but... So I got her past this part. She was stuck, and I remember it involved a lot of climbing. I'd have to go through again. I bet if I played the Fire Temple, I could probably I th- pinpoint. I, I think spot. I kind of remember where the section up, is. Yeah, like like a long cha- chain link fence, as you yeah, oh, yeah sometimes. Yeah. And yeah, for whatever reason, she couldn't get past it. So I got past it and get to the top or whatever. And then she just takes the controller, puts it down, tells me she really likes me. I tell her I really like her, Aww. and then we just have like a killer makeout session. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, it was awesome. And I, I kind of forget that, that it was so closely tied to, to that game. Like, that was, like, my final, like, test to, like, <laughs> earn that, you know? It, it's just kind of weird. You got the last but, piece um, of the Triforce there. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty uh, pretty wild. But that was that was that summer. So it was a good time. So I, I think that's why I always, I mean, I, of course, Ocarina of Time is an awesome game. But I think it's well always, like, kind of have a special little extra love for it. But, um, Danny, what, what do you got for us today? Um, well, my story isn't related to Zelda and is a little bit more disturbing uh, <laughs> than your guys' stories. Yes. Um, so when I was in junior high school, particularly 8th uh, grade, I had to move around a lot. Like, my dad 
got like a different job, so we moved from central Illinois up to northern Illinois, and um, you know, I went to like three different schools that year, and you know, as a junior high kid, that's awful. You yeah, know, having to move I mean, around. middle school middle school sucks already, so having <laughs> to move around, I can only imagine. Yeah, and then, you know, <laughs> being the Nintendo nerd, and also I really loved Star Wars, still do, um, you know, my... Who doesn't? Really? Really? <laughs> who doesn't? My Star Wars action figures and my, you know, uh, love for Nintendo didn't really win me any points with the ladies. Um, <laughs> imagine that. Um, anyway, so at this one particular junior high that I went to, I really didn't have a lot of friends, and I always got, like, picked on a lot, just... Because I was kind of like awkward panda and just, you know, kind of like the weird <laughs> kid. <laughs> and uh, particularly, I remember in uh, PE class, there was this fucking jerk kid. I think his name was Tom. And I don't know. He just would always just talk shit to me and pick on me and stuff like that. And, you know, it really, like, you know, made me upset and angry. But what what could I do about it? You know, I'm this skinny little you know, nerd. <laughs> so to take out my frustrations, um, I'm sure you guys might have heard of a game called GoldenEye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Somewhat familiar, yeah. Okay, yes. Well, you know, in the facility, there at the very end of the stage, there's something that you can do, like you can get behind, there's like a one last lab room. Actually, all the lab rooms, really, if you think about it. But, um, you know, when basically all the enemies are just keep coming and they don't stop. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, you it's just... like it's like when you need to escape off the conveyor belt, right? Yes, exactly. It's like right yeah. before that. And um so yeah, I would sit in the door and just destroy the soldiers coming through. I think, you know, one point I sat around for probably about an hour and a half and I killed like 1200 guys. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, imagining it was this Tom kid every fucking time. <laughs> so, thank Christ, we didn't have any guns in my house, because that might have uh, been a recipe for disaster. Um, <laughs> well, no, you, you took out your stress using video games. Exactly. <laughs> See that? See that? So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of some bad times, but that kind of uh, was a good avenue for me to get out my frustrations after having a shitty day at school. So, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, shit. I mean, like, seriously, fucking, like, 1,200 guys? It, uh, that's ridiculous, because it gives you, like, the kill count after each, you know, mission and stuff. And I was right. like, wow, holy crap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, there you go. Yes. Um, Neil, did you have, you had another story you thought about sharing, right? I, oh, crap, I had another one and then I forgot. Oh, okay, I have a, I have a quick one and then I guess the, the one that I initially came in here with. Sure. Um, my, my next one has to do with the Game Boy camera. Um, so I got the Game Boy camera, I think it was the year it came out. Um, I want to say, like, I feel like 96 was probably, was around that. Actually, no, 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 it would have been like 97 or 98 when I got it. I think that was when it came out. Um, but on my Game Boy camera, I took a lot of pictures of, like, my cats at the time, um, and most of those cats are dead now, so oh, I found my Game Boy camera a couple years ago and just, like, openly wept. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it's the kind of thing where, like, I, I don't really know what to do, because I have the Game Boy printer, but I don't have any paper for it, and I kind of <laughs> want to print out all those pictures just to have them, 
Because a lot of it, well, one of, one of the cats is still alive, but it's like he's all old and shit now, and it's like he's like a little baby. It's like him and his little him is a little kitten in it. Mm. But uh, yeah, uh, Game Boy Camera holds a lot of memories for me, and I need to figure out some way how to get those memories onto something else other than a cartridge with a battery that will eventually die. Like, how many pictures can that thing hold? Um, they're really shitty pictures, but I think I had like <laughs> twenty. Or, I think it's like twenty or thirty, something like oh, that. Okay. Like, I, well, I, I would be, it was like, you know, it, it was kind of, I used it like an early digital camera in which I would, right. like, take pictures and delete ones as as time went on and just keep sure. the best. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I bet you have to be able to find paper for it. Yeah. I mean, I haven't looked too hard, um, but uh, I, I might have to might have to look for that. Maybe, maybe I'll do a fun blog about, like, printing out my old pictures of my cats from 12 years ago, 14 years ago. <laughs> I, I wonder, like... So it's it's a very specific kind of paper that you have to yeah. have. Yeah. You can't like manufacture it yourself or something. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I haven't I honestly haven't looked too hard into it. If if uh, any listeners know anything about where to find Game Boy printer paper, um <laughs> let me know. Hit me up on Twitter, write us in at connectivity at nintendoreport.com. Yeah, I bet I bet if nothing on eBay like of the actual stuff, I bet someone's like made reproduction paper yeah. like themselves. I mean there's reproduction everything at this point. I mean, that, the Game Boy camera is so, like, retro that I'm sure someone is making paper for it. Yeah, it's have to look. That would be amazing, though, if we could find some. Yeah, I wonder, yeah. like, you know, Nintendo's website, sometimes they have, you know, old oh, maybe stuff. Maybe they do. Yeah, because, I mean, I got, like, old instruction manuals for, like, the original Legend of Zelda. Um, I mean, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll have to look into that more. But, uh, so my main story is a lot more upbeat than that. Um, <laughs> the time is 2006. It's my first year of college. Um, it's like the, the first weekend that I'm at school and I'm walking down the hall. I'm actually going to meet up with some girl that I talked through, through Facebook. Because uh, Facebook was a thing when I was in, when I was a freshman in college. It was, I that might have, well, it was well, relatively I was going to say, that, that might have been the, when it was still just for college kids. Yeah. Like yeah. It, it, yeah, it was, at, it was at that point. I think it was, Maybe 2007 was when they opened it up. Um, and, you know, talked to some girl on Facebook and then was going up to her room to go hang out. As I walked Boom. down the hall, two other girls, uh, Whoa. walked. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There were girls at college. Um, so Neil invited them all in. Yeah, yeah. For but, the uh, two girls walked by me and I was wearing a Super Mario Brothers shirt. Like, it's just like one with, a uh, one with, uh, like the cover of the game, of the NES game on it. Sure. Um, and, you know, one of the girls was like, oh, do, do you play video games? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, well, I, like, I I brought I brought a Super Nintendo and stuff, but I don't, like, I don't have the right connection on the TV to do it because her roommate brought one with an RF, RF switch, and she only had AV cables. So we ended up playing video games in my room. Uh, she kicked my ass in Tetris Attack <laughs> um, and Dr. Mario. And then we also played GoldenEye. In which I I think I won in GoldenEye. Um, and then I wound up staying up until like 6 in the morning with her, just kind of talking. Found out that she had a boyfriend. And bum, then bum. roughly four, out, four years later, I married her. Ooh. <laughs> and now she's watching Lord of the Rings in our bedroom. <laughs> Neil, does Lauren know about this? No. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, wow. but uh, no, that's, that's, how I met, that's how I met my wife. And wow, uh, freshman year college, she had, she had a boyfriend that that didn't last too long. How long did they stay together? Uh, I think it was the After end that. of the because this was like early September. It was by the end of the month. 
Okay. Um, and I think uh, I I do not clearly remember this, but she does in that. Uh, there's this really, really awesome retro game store by where I went to school. Um, some people might be familiar with it from the fact that the, the store supplies a lot of the retro games for PAX East and PAX Prime. Uh, Digital Press. It's in Clifton, oh, New okay. Jersey. They also do a lot of, like, price guide stuff for, uh, you know, like, older video games. Um, but I, I would love going there when I went to school because it was, like, 20 minutes away. And when she broke up with him, she was just like, all right, let's go to let, – Let's go to that video game store. And I think she ended up getting Wall Street Kid or something. I don't know why. Oh, my God. My brother – <laughs> coincidentally, I, I talked to my brother last weekend on the phone, and he said, yeah, I, I've been playing Wall Street Kid. And he's like, why? this is – That game's yeah. fucking dumb. <clears throat> I mean, can you imagine getting that game as like a stocking stuffer as a kid? <laughs> uh, I remember just, I, got a, I got that Snoopy Olympics game that came out for Nintendo as a kid. That was like, a thing? For some reason, because like, I got it as like a, I think I might have gotten it like a Easter gift or something, or maybe a birthday gift. Um, but I just remember being like, because I got it as a gift, I was like, well, I guess I have to play this. So I played uh. way too much of that really <laughs> terrible Snoopy Olympics game, <laughs> where like one of the things is like, balance these pizzas on this plate. Walk, because you were in Italy. Like, because that makes sense. The Olympics. Pizza. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> And there was, like, a long jump thing where, like, all I could ever do is, like, Snoopy or his stupid, like, cousin or whatever would just, like, jump in the air on the pole and, like, because I'd be having to go over the water with, like, the with the stick. And they just put the stick in the water and fall down every time. And the, there was no instruction manual. I had no idea what the fuck to do. <laughs> it would just be like, all right, go. And it'd be like, what do I do? <laughs> But, um, so yeah, there you go. Some pretty good stories here. I, I'm sure we could probably think of more if we tried. Maybe, maybe this is something we'll revisit in the future. I know I have to have. Oh, no, I, just, I definitely, like, I, I have, I have a ton the more I think about it. But that was pretty good. A lot of romance. A little yeah. bit of, a little bit of pent up, uh, high yeah. school rage. I'm trying to think <laughs> if, I, if I have any, like, like pent up rage, like, s- stories with video games. I feel like I do, but I think most of them I just kind of, like, like, blocked. Maybe hmm. I don't know. Yeah, you know I'm pretty sure I, I. It's not like a real story, but I'm pretty sure I named my rival in like Pokemon after a kid I hated in school. Oh yeah, I did that too. I did so. that. Uh, I still do that. I name it after my best friend. Joe. <laughs> Is it Lauren's ex boyfriend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah. So there you go. Uh, anyone listening, if you have some pretty interesting stories uh, with games related to like important moments in your life, um, send them our way. Uh, connectivity at NintendoWorldReport.com. Uh, maybe we'll read them on air next time yeah. we do one of these segments if we do another one. We'll Indeed. see how it goes. Cool, so, cool, cool. Well, thanks, uh, Danny and Neil, for being here. Yeah. That, and that time. Yeah, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye. All right, and that will do it for episode 73 of Connectivity. As always, you can send us listener mail to connectivity at intelligentreport.com. If you get a chance to rate and review us on iTunes, that would be awesome. And you should follow all of us on Twitter. Go to nintendoworldreport.com, look for the Twitter sidebar on the side of the page there, and you can get all of our usernames. And I'll be sure to stick around for a bonus segment now about Dead Space 3.
to what turned out to be a bonus segment of Connectivity. <laughs> I am Scott Thompson, and today I'm joined by just Zach Miller. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what was it? Was that like Bruno Mars? Is that what that's that a was? song. I don't know what the hell. Yeah, it yeah. was. It was a it was a Bruno Mars song. I hate that song. I don't know what to think of right now. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, it's funny. It sounds just like the Police. Do you get that vibe? Kind of like, does. Like I listened to that and I'm just like, it does. I, tweeted, You're I tweeted right. It. I was just like, who bought Bruno Mars a Police CD? Like between his last album and this one. Except it's much more explicit. Your sex takes me to paradise. Just right there, in the yes. chorus. Sting was always a little bit more coy about it. Yeah, a little subtle. Him in his tantric ways. Um, so, historically, segments featuring just myself and Zach don't always turn out factually accurate. <laughs> um, but I think today we're going to do okay. I hope so. <laughs> um, and we are going to talk about Dead Space 3. Um, we were going to do a What We've Been Playing segment, but everyone else kind of had stuff going on and didn't show up, so... <laughs> We're going to talk this, about the one game we both This is what we've been playing. <laughs> right, which isn't on a Nintendo platform, so we figured, what the hell, let's just make it a bonus segment, and we can talk a little bit more in depth, um, and it'll be all good. So, yeah, I, I played on the PC, Zach, you're playing on PS3? Yep, yep. Okay. Um, and I guess leading into it, I didn't really know what to expect about this game. I mean, like, some of the preview footage shown showed a lot of, like, fighting human characters instead yeah. of, you know, the, the necromorphs. Um, and then there's the, the co-op campaign, which, you know, can be good, but you look at something like Resident Evil, where it, it really fundamentally changed that series, and it, now it's, it's just an action series, and, uh, there's really no more horror or, yep. you know, sort of thrill in that at all. Um, so I was a, a little skeptical, and then the reviews came out, and sort of middling, you know, sevens, eights, um, right, right around in there, which I, I guess... I think Game technically... Informer gave it a nine, nine, seven, five. Wow, really? And somebody else gave it a 9.5. Wow, okay, so those gotta be some of the highest. I think, yeah. um, I think Arthur at, uh, Polygon gave it a really high review too. Yeah, he, he that's the one, he gave it a 9.5. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, um. Kotaku yeah. said, should you play this? No. But oh, they really? said, should you play the co-op campaign? Yes. Huh. Which is the, the, the one aspect I haven't touched yet. I have not touched either. that either. <laughs> I wanna get through it myself. Yeah, yeah, that's how I kind of felt. Like, just get through it once and then maybe go back. Uh, and, like, maybe do it on the hardest difficulty with a co-op partner. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so I didn't really know what to, to think. But I played the first two games, so I was like, well, there's, there's really no way I'm going to not play it. Especially when the reviews are, are, you know, it's still favorable. It's not like the recent uh, Aliens Colonial Marines game that just came out. Oh. And the reviews are all, like, within the threes and fours. Except for that one, uh, what was it, EGM Now review? Is that what it was? Like Did you nine, see that? yeah. I didn't read it, but I saw the score. I was like, what are these guys smoking? Not just a 9. Wasn't it like a 9.5? Well, I don't know. It was. 9 or 9.5. And like, just, yeah, just read like it was a completely different game. So I was I so about psyched about that game, man. Me too. Me too. Sort of related to this, because in a lot of ways, Dead Space as a series is, I mean, directly inspired by aliens, I would argue. Oh, yeah. Um, in, a, in a lot of ways. Aliens and, yeah. are the thing, I think. Oh, yeah. Well, especially here, now that you're on a, a friggin' ice planet for half the game. <laughs> That's um, true. But, yeah, the poor Aliens, Colonial Marines, I was really looking for. I mean, I've played, like, pretty much every modern Aliens game. Uh played all the Aliens vs. Predator, the old PC ones, and now the PS3, 360 one that came out. And, yeah, I was very much looking forward to this, that game, but things did not pan out. And now it might not even come to Wii U ever. It's, like, indefinitely postponed. Oh, yeah. And, I don't know, it's just a mess. But there are a lot of great YouTube videos of, like, awful glitches and, <laughs> and GIFs that have been made, so at least at least they gave us that. Yeah. If nothing else. 
Um, but yeah, Dead Space 3. So th- this is how I felt about the opening hour or so of Dead Space 3. And then let me know, Zach, if your opinion sort of reflects this. Do you I mean getting first... out of the city? Uh, yeah. Well, I, the opening where you're on the ice planet uh, as just some random character, I thought was pretty oh, cool. Oh, that part. Uh, I thought yeah. that was neat. It was like a, it was like a cool little fifteen minute little segment teach you know re teach you the controls and yep. it, it was it was tense and it was it was pretty interesting and then yeah and then you jump to I guess it's not Earth technically but an Earth like planet yeah. uh, where Isaac is living and you have a moment where you're escaping the Coruscant uh, it's Coruscant <laughs> basically yeah basically and um, you're escaping the I, I guess I don't know what like the unitologist I guess yep, unitologist like mercenary force who who don't like Isaac anymore right they almost worshipped him in the second game now I uh, <laughs> right. they decided well he's destroying a lot of these markers yeah he's not a friend anymore maybe we should kill him yeah so then you have this whole segment like that lasts about maybe half an hour where you're trying to escape the city and you're fighting these armed soldiers and I thought that was just kind of atrocious to be honest yeah it felt a little weird for this like cover base shooting um i didn't love it and then uh you know you'd randomly get dudes who turn into necromorphs after you shoot them in the face (laughs) yeah it didn't seem to make much sense no and then i i just i didn't understand i still don't understand the guys who are not mutants but do have yellow light shining out of their face right i don't know what that is yeah no idea but no whatever, idea. it's it's not the best part of the game, but it is tense. I um, guess. I, 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 I Yeah, I just didn't have fun with it. It just felt clunky. I mean, it's probably a little bit better on the PS3. I'm finding that this game is not at all optimized for a mouse and keyboard. I really need to oh, yeah. get, a, get a gamepad for my PC for this, uh, for this game. Because, like, I mean, just uh, let me look at the keyboard and try to... So you use, of course, W, A, S, and D to move, like in any PC game. Right. X is crouch, C is stasis, and F is telekinesis, which if you look down at your keyboard right now, you, Zach, and any listeners who are at their computer, it's not the easiest, like, these aren't keys any other PC game uses. Like, for the most part, you know, you've got, like, E to reload, no, R to reload, E to open doors, and sometimes Q does stuff, like, all across the top. Like, reaching your hand down to try to hit these keys is, like, impossible, and I guess I could... Like remap the keys and move them around, but there there's so many buttons in this game. Yeah, like, it, it's kind of hard to find a good spot for them because I do want E to open doors and I do want R to reload. So there's really not a great spot for <laughs> those. So it, it it's kind of I find every time I try to use stasis, like I'm always a second too late because I like kind of not really have to glance down. I have to feel around my keyboard to try to find the C. Yeah, it's not intuitive. Right, or like I'll accidentally hit X, so then I just duck, which just slows me down and is awful. It, so. it must be really like jarring to go from. Uh, Dead Space 2, which I assume you played on PS3 or 360, to yeah. keep mouse and keyboard, because the controls are fundamentally identical. Yep. Oh, except, yeah. Except now you're clicking R3 or whatever you're pressing to go into cover. Right, stupid. which is, yeah, yeah, it is stupid. I don't like the cover stuff at all. But I will say, fortunately, after that city segment, I mean, Zach, you're not too far from there, but, I mean, I've already made it to the to the ice planet, which I think is, like, basically the second half or maybe you, even more, like, maybe you have, like, second, like, like 60%. I think I must almost be there because I'm, I'm in the – I don't know how far I am from it, I guess. I'm, I'm exploring a, like, 200-year-old mining ship called the Terra okay. Nova. Which and, is the second ship I go think you go to, right? Yeah, after after Ellie's ship. And then you get the optional mission where you can go to one ship, 
or you can go to like the main story mission. Yes, um, there, well, it's two sides of the Terra Nova. One okay. is an optional optional mission, which I'm stuck on right now because I'm getting ass raped by necromorphs in a kill room. That's like um, with the weird guy, like he's like detonating the the vent covers. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, that was it's really kind hard. of a Bioshock vibe to it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I get that. Yeah, like yeah. this like brooding narrator who's kind of following you along. And, yeah. Yeah. I, I'm I'm you. hoping the reward is phenomenal. Oh yeah. You. Oh. I mean, you get a, just a ton of gear. Okay. And, good upgrades and all that kind of stuff. Good. And then the um, other way, if you go the other way, I assume you're closer to the ice planet. Yeah, basically you get through the Terra Nova and then you do a few space sections where you have to like find equipment for the shuttle you'll need to get down to the the ice planet and then you go. Um so yeah, you're you're not too far off. I'd I really like you... these space sequences though. Oh, they're awesome, aren't they? Yeah, they are. Yeah, like like going through like I love the music first of all, like when you're when you're just like drifting through space. Yeah. Um, it, it reminds it, me of Alien. Yeah, I was just gonna say that because it's kind of like, it's kind of foreboding in a way, but it's also has a little bit of like whimsy to it. Yeah. it really reminds me of Alien. I, I love that those parts actually, and of course the the standard uh, Dead Space where it's just you know silence or like very muffled sound effects. Yeah, um, you know as it should be obviously with no oxygen or atmosphere to you know have sound traver tra- transmitting. Yeah. Well, exactly. What do you think of the uh, decision to replace the babies with dogs? But they have the same animations and uh, attack. Yeah, kind of weird. Yeah, I, I think that. it's kind of dumb. Yeah, I stick didn't really with get the babies. That. I mean, I guess the idea being like, well, why would there be babies on this mining ship? Why would Which there I, be dogs? I, yeah, I don't know. That's <laughs> a good point. Why would they bring dogs? I, I don't know. Maybe because they were going down to the ice planet and they could help yeah. them sniff out what they're looking for. Yeah, I don't know. Not I really always explain. and I also thought based on the first two games that the Marker only affects human tissue, but maybe not. Well, I don't know. If you if you look around, you get like a text log that kind of says like you know that the dogs start kind of acting funny yeah, and going crazy, that. and they're like ripping out their paws trying to get out of their cages and stuff. So I, I guess it affects dogs too. Yeah, yeah, I guess I, it affects I, dogs. Yeah. Although I guess you weren't in the first two games, you were never in a situation where you might come across an animal. Well, in the second game, aren't you like in a col- like a colony for a while? Yeah, you're on Titan Station. Well, you'd think people would have pets. Right, exactly. Yeah. You'd think there'd be animals of some kind. You're right. If oh, they're right. on this mining ship. But yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I, I think it's I think it's kind of weird. Uh, and I mean, how many dogs did they have? Because you come across <laughs> them a lot. And like out in space and stuff. And it's I just know. like, what? They had a whole like, I mean, there was, there was just hundreds of dogs with them. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. No, I like that old, I like that Terra Nova ship because it's, uh, from the exterior, it looks a lot like the Ishimura. It so does, I was yeah. like, "Oh shit!" Um, uh, but it, it, uh, from the interior, it's very different. It's much older, which I liked because it is yeah. like a two hundred year old ship. Right, and it feels like it. Yeah, it, it feels sort of like outdated in some ways, I guess. And I like all the tech, the video logs in there. None of the crew like each other. Right. Yeah. And it's <laughs> funny. Yeah, you get a lot of like backstory of the crew, sort of like. Not really plotting against each other, but just sort of talking shit about each other. Or yeah. Like this clear, yeah, disdain for each other, especially in that that side mission you're going through. Yeah. Um, I love the I love the side missions because it's they're easy to get to because you just change your your marker, you know, for your objective, um, and then you just you know hold down the button and it tells you exactly how to get there, and then they feel complete. You know, it's not like it's just a few rooms you get through. You fight one thing and then you you get one or two little things. Yeah. Um, you know, it's like it's like a whole. I mean. I'm trying to think of that side mission you're stuck in right now. I mean, it probably took me 
half hour or 45 minutes to get through it. That's not bad. Right. I mean, it feels like a full, like, level, a full chapter of the game. And, and you'll do more of them too, um, out in space and down on the ice planet. And they, they're rewarding. I mean, they feel unique. Nice. Um, I mean, you know, like, like you're saying, you're going through and this guy's watching your progress and blowing up vents to let necromorphs in after you. And it's like, there's no other part in that, like that in the game. You know, it's not like that's a common theme. Yeah. It's just for this one optional mission. Like, you could totally skip this and never see this kind of cool, unique part to the game. Very true. Which I, I think is very, very cool. I appreciate that. Um, but to get back to an earlier point I was trying to make, I, I'm down on the ice planet now. I think I'm like six hours into the game and I haven't come across any other sections yet where I'm fighting humans again. Oh, interesting. Uh, which is nice. I know that, I know they come later. I know there's some on the ice planet, but like I haven't come across them yet. So as annoying as they are, um, they're not very often, which is good. Yeah, that is good. Yeah, I was worried, like, you'd be fighting them, like, you know, every 20 minutes or so. You'd, like, fight a batch of mercenaries, but that's Gears not Gears of case. Dead Space. Yeah, gear, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, that's been good. Are there um, different... I know there's some, like, insectoid aliens on the planet. Uh, I I ran into a few, like, one or two in the demo. Are they... Uh, are they... Do you run around, run across them often, or is it no, mostly necromorphs? Which ones would you say were, like, the insectoid? Like, what were they like? I don't know if I've seen insectoid ones yet. Oh, really? Well, there was, in the demo, there was, like, this big, um, four, four-limbed, um, thing. It looked like something out of World of Warcraft. Um, and you had to shoot the little yellow pods on its belly, of course. Oh, yeah. That was kind of like a little, like, mini-boss. I did just yeah. fight one of those, actually, like, right before I stopped plane um to record this so yeah i have fought one of those okay and then the um, demo ends with like this gigantic serpentine centipede thing rising up from a cliff okay yeah i haven't i think i like you know how dead space works like i think i've seen it a little bit like in the background or like while i've been inside buildings but okay. i haven't actually like come across it yet to fight it yeah uh, but i'm sure i'm getting there because i have seen it like you know like like a i don't know like move across a window or something like right that, you know and you kind of don't know what it is um, they actually, actually introduced, like, these weird kind of crazy, uh, I don't even know what you would call them. Like, they're kind of, like, zombie-like, but they're, they're super fast. Like, they run at you. Um, and, but they don't have, like, the, um, you know, like the normal necromorphs. They don't have, like, swords on their elbows or anything. You know, they don't have, like, these sides that they, like, cut you open with. But they, like, run at you and just tear you apart. And they, they gang up on you. So they're really weak. But, like, you'll come into a room with, like... Fifteen of them. Are they those the, uh, those kind of skeletal things? Yes. Yeah. yeah from the demo, I hated. Them. Okay, they're in the demo too. Yeah, yeah. they're kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, that that kind of changes things a little bit in how you have to uh, how there's, you play, you know, which is cool. There's a section in the demo where you're trying to, I guess, destroy a broken drill rig, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know you have to st- you have to start the drill, then stasis it, then uh, shoot some weak points inside the drill, and you, know, you have to do this like eight times. And meanwhile, you're just being swarmed by those by things those. you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah, found that pretty... part annoying. Yeah, I, I could say if they gang up on you, it, it, they are kind of annoying. But it, it's just nice to have, I guess, something that just changes the way you play. And, like, you know, it's not the same type of necromorph the entire time. Yeah, um, sure. Whether or not, I mean, I'll see once I beat the game how annoying I think they're. I mean, you know, if it's constant um, and they're sort of overused, then yeah, that that would be annoying because they're very tough to kill. Yeah. Um, they they in fact I've been killed by those more than anything at this point. Oh wow. 
Um, but I, I am playing on hard instead of normal. Oh, know, okay. Which doesn't do me any favors there. But yeah, they're, they're very tough once they gang up on you. It's hard to clear them out. So what do you think of the weapon crafting? Uh, it's okay. I, I feel the same way. I, I still don't really know what to do with it. No, there's so many like different parts and attachments, and it's kind of confusing. And basically, all I've done is like I have my main plasma cutter, which I like. I like to tinker with that and like put upgrades into that just to increase the damage and reload sure. time and all that kind of normal stuff. The normal part of Dead Space, right? Yeah. Exactly the, the normal stuff. But as far as like creating new guns, I made one, but I don't really like it. Basically, I have one where it's like it's a shotgun on top with like super powerful damage. But a, a awful firing speed. Like if I fire once, like it takes about four seconds before I can fire again. Ooh. But it'll kill anything in one hit, which is nice as sort of a backup. And then as its secondary fire, it's a, a machine gun, a submachine gun, hey. which is kind of interesting. But I find it's just effective, more effective to just use my plasma cutter. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't know. It, it's just it. It just doesn't really do much for me. The shotgun is nice against big enemies. I need to take down really quick. But other than that. Um, I just stick with the plasma cutter for the most part. Yeah, so do I. I, I got a lot of bonus weapons because uh, the Amazon version comes with a lot of bonus stuff, uh, including, like, two suits. Um, by the way, Oh, yeah, I, I got all that, too, actually, because, you know, downloading it through Origin, you automatically get the collector's edition. Oh, nice. Or, like, the limited edition, so I got all that stuff, too, to start with. Yeah, and then I got a um, suit. Based on Mass Effect 3. Oh, that's like Mass cool. Mass Effect 3 on my PCs. So that do, was pretty cool. Do the difference, you know, Dead Space 1 and 2, the different suits had different uh, armor capabilities and different uh, numbers of slots for items. I don't think that's the case in this game. I think the suits are largely aesthetic. It's It seems that way. I, I want to say, I didn't really tinker with it. I think when I switched to the Mass Effect suit, I had more health. Oh, okay. I think. Um... But I had to switch out of that because once you're on the ice planet, there's a point where you have to put on this, like, um, you know, environmental suit so you don't freeze to death. Right. Um, the, in fact, when you first get on the ice planet, it's actually kind of cool. You you know, your body temperature is dropping, so you have to move from, like, structure to structure and warm up. Um, and if you stay out in the cold too much, you'll, you know, you'll freeze to death and die. Oh, that's a, that's a gameplay mechanic that's in the uh, old PS2 generation thing game. Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it really feels like the thing in a lot of ways once you get down on the yeah, ice yeah, planet. Sure. It really does. Um, you know, you're, you're all, and that snowsuit too that you get, the environmental suit, it's got like, it's got like fur trimmed, like lining around the oh, neck nice. and stuff. I mean, it, it, it feels like the thing in a lot of ways. Um, the one thing I don't like once you get down to the ice planet though is, you know, I mean, when you're on the ships and stuff, the necromorphs will pop out of vents and I mean, sure, they sort of like seem to randomly pop out. Um, in some ways, and, like, will pop out right in front of you or sort of strategically come out attempts to sort of, like, make you jump. But on the ice planet, the Norkmorphs pop up from under the snow. I mean, there's just no warning. I mean, it's like, as you're running around on the ice planet, every, I don't know, 10 feet, a Norkmorph just pops out, like, literally right in front of you. It's oh. like it comes out, like, down a ways, and you have time to, like, plan, like, how you're going to take it down. I mean, it, it, they literally just pop up as you're pretty much on top of them. Oh. And it's kind of, It's kind of annoying, and, and it happens often. Like, literally every 10 to 20 feet, one just pops up, and then you stasis it, and then you kill it, and then you just run, and then you do it again in 10 seconds. That sounds fun. Yeah, not so much. But luckily, you're not running around the surface of the planet very much. You eventually get inside buildings, and then it gets more like normal dead space with the vents and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was, so. I was worried about how much 
wandering around in the snow you do, because that's all you do in the demo. In the, in the demo, yeah. It, it starts with a lot of that, like I said, with the try, you know, moving strategically from building to building to warm up and yeah. trying to, yeah, trying to find that environmental suit. So it definitely starts with that. I haven't, not, I haven't beaten the game yet or anything, but we'll see how it continues to play out. Hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. The, the weapon crafting system just seems confusing at this point, and I just figure just make my plasma cutter as powerful as possible, and yep. I'll be okay. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'd like to put a a line gun on the bottom of my plasma cutter. Yeah, I mean you can, but then you can't rotate it. Oh, you're right. Yeah, the second well, attachment. Screw that the, noise. Right. I've thought about that, but I you know I love rotating a plasma cutter. It makes such a difference when you're fighting different enemies. So. If you, you know, if you put on a second attachment, you can't rotate it anymore. Well, that's the end of that. Yeah, yeah. Not happening. <laughs> so that kind of sucks. So yeah, I literally just boosted the, de- the like the damage and some of the other stats as much as I could, and I've just gone with that, and it's been perfectly fine to this point anyway. We'll see what happens. But right on. Um, you know, yeah, I beat then... the I I got the uh, trophy in the first dead space, the one gun trophy. Oh, for just using the plasma cutter. Yeah. Nice. I feel like I got that too, but maybe not. I probably didn't. I probably used the wine gun a little bit. From that's here. a fun. That's a fun right one there. to get. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I like the plasma cutter is totally cool. I think it's a really unique and just kind of fun weapon to use compared to any series, really. Oh yeah. I mean, it's totally it's totally unique to Dead Space, and I really enjoy that. There's some really cool, uh, like you can buy one on Think Geek, like a full size replica of a plasma cutter. That uh, has three laser lights on it. Can you rotate it? I don't know. That'd be cool. I hope you can. But it costs like $270. Uh, well, then it better rotate. Yeah. Even if you have to do it by hand, you know, you just flip it and, like, lock it into place sideways or something. That'd yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then how do you feel about, like, the all the collecting you have to do? I, I tweeted that this yeah. game has more collection than Donkey Kong 64, um, <laughs> but that the, that. Rap, the, but the rap isn't as good. I, you know, I miss, uh, I miss just collecting ammo and med kits. And then, and then just the, like, the power nodes to the power nodes, upgrade yeah. stuff. Yeah, now it's like, there's like 18 different elements that you collect and you have to combine in different ways to build oh, different no. things. And yeah, uh, and, and it's, it's a, it's kind of a loot thing, right? And I, yeah. I don't love loot systems. Um, yeah. Because I'll get to a bench and I'll be like, okay, I want to craft X. And yeah. says, well, you need, like, a hundred more Baphnodads. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, I'm not doing that. Yeah. So I guess I'm screwed. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of rough. Have you gotten the scavenger bot yet? I have. He's he's a cute little guy. But yeah, he, I, I like him. He I can do. really I... only be deployed in certain places for him to be any good. What do you mean? Like, you, you know, you, you aim Oh, him. yeah. It, it, like, it tells you on the radar, like, yeah. which... which direction to put him in yeah to get otherwise yeah he just comes back with a few little things yeah um so i don't like that i wish he'd go out and do stuff on his own um you know surely he can find the the big stash by himself plus the radar tells you where to put him so it's not like there's any like mystery or wonder to like what you're going to get depending where you put them you know you put them where the arrows are pointing and you know you'll get a lot and if you decide for some reason not to put them there you're going to get very little although there have been a few times where like the radar has pointed me towards a wall Mm -hmm. uh and i think well i I can't get over there i can't get i don't think i don't 
I don't think it matters. I think if you just drop him in that direction, he'll just go and he'll he'll come back with a lot. Oh, okay. It doesn't matter if there's walls or or whatnot. All right. Yeah, I've been I've been in like tiny little rooms and and just dropped him and he, yeah he just comes back with a bunch of stuff. It just seems random. Like I don't think he's actually getting stuff from out in the environment. Oh, I doubt he is. No, of course not. But yeah, but the few times where he has brought back a ton of stuff for me, it's when I aim him and walk over to a spot and then the little radar goes. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, okay, well maybe, yeah, maybe I'm not doing that enough. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'm not walking, walking enough. He always comes back with a decent amount, but yeah, maybe I should walk around some more then. Yeah. Hmm. But yeah, I like him. That. He's a, he's a cool guy. Yeah. I'm not quite yeah, but... sure why there are so many, uh, scavenger bot upgrades on the PSN. You can spend oh, like $15 are? on your scavenger bot. Doing you know, what? Like increasing he'll... how much it comes back with or Yeah, something? increasing how much it comes back with or the amount of time it takes him to bring stuff back, you know, things like that. Wow, that's really stupid. <laughs> I know, and each upgrade is like $5. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. Man, we thought horse armor was bad. Oh, yeah. That's bad. Wow. That's pretty bad. And eventually you get more scavenger bots, so you can just pull them all over the place to collect all kinds of stuff. Oh, really? That's kind of nice. Yeah, you get more than one, and you can just drop them all over, um, and then they, you know, then they come back. But I don't know. It, it's like the scavenger bot's cool, but I, it's... I don't know. It still doesn't help that the collecting mechanic, I think, is kind of dumb. No. I mean, there's just so many things to pick up. It, it's just ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. I just, just give me the power nodes. Let me slap it into guns <laughs> or armor or whatever and just be on my way. Exactly. Yeah. Just so. let me fully upgrade my plasma cutter and my rig and we're good. Yeah, exactly. And then, like, I find that I forget to, uh, like, well, now I don't. But in the beginning, I was forgetting to upgrade my suit because you have to do that from the suit kiosk. Right. And you, up, you, you upgrade your guns from the bench, and I just kept going to benches and upgrading my guns with all the stuff I was finding. And then I realized once I started dying a lot that, oh, <laughs> that's right, I haven't upgraded my armor or health at all because I just keep forgetting to go to this separate place to do it. Yeah, that kind of annoys me that, that they're two different places. Right. And that they're not even always together, so it's like you'll find a bench and there's not even a suit kiosk nearby. Yeah, that's, um, I mean, that's for me, that's usually how it is. <laughs> yeah. So that that's kind of annoying. I don't know why they to make it more complicated and split these things up but yeah seems like they're trying to appeal to a wider audience well of course they are because now there's co-op and it's more of an action game and right yeah how do you feel like now that you're on the ship and you actually find the necromorphs i mean how 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 do you feel i mean do you still think it's like straight action do you still gonna get the suspense and oh i still get the suspense and scares on the ship sure yeah i just worry like what you're saying about Every 10 seconds, a necromorph pops out of the snow. It's like, yeah. it gets old. For you know? sure. Yeah, I love the, the space segments. Like, when I after I got out of the city and I did all the space segments, like where you are now, I was, like, in love with the game. I mean, it, I thought it was, like, perfect. I mean, it was it was a, a great Dead Space game. And now that I'm on the ice planet, I'm still really enjoying it, but it has gotten a little bit annoy, annoying with the randomly generated enemies every 10 seconds. And then, like we talked about, the little skeletal zombie kind of guys who can just really overwhelm you but we'll see i gotta keep going does the story pick up because so far it's just like we gotta get to that planet there are markers down there not really it's it's neither here nor there i mean the one guy is jealous because l you find oh my god that's stupid yeah nick he's dating her but like you know he's he's worried you and her still have feelings for each other and it's just like that wasn't needed at all no no reason for this and um yeah, I don't know. It hasn't really <laughs> moved in interesting directions, I, I don't think. Okay. Um, it's just like an excuse to get from point A to point B. I well, I, I saw a uh, 
I was at Barnes and Noble the other day and I saw an Art of Dead Space book, which I'm going to buy someday because the concept art for that series is amazing. Oh yeah. Um, but but when I was reading the Necromorph section, it accidentally spoiled the end of the game for me. So I can tell you that the end of the game is amazing. Really? Like amazing good or amazing bad? Amazing in a mind-blowing way. Good. Good. Okay, a good way. Okay. I okay. Uh, I really can't wait to get there and, and see it myself. I just saw a concept art of it, but I was like, this is amazing! That's interesting. I'm excited to get there then. Yeah. We'll have to see what happens. Um, I will say, having not played the co-op yet, it, we talked about this a little bit before we started recording, but it really feels like it was made for co-op. Yes. I mean, there, there's points where you have to, like, open doors, like, through the security system, and if you're playing it single player, you have to use, well, I have to use the mouse and the keyboard, I assume you just use the I use the, the sticks, sticks, yeah. I like that little mini-game. Yeah, it's alright, like, to move cursors to specific spots, and then you have to, like, line them up together. It's basically sort of like, think about, it like, a movie where they want to launch a nuke, and the two guys need to turn the key together yeah, exactly. to, like, launch the nuke. Like, it's kind of like that. But when you play it by yourself, it's like you have to control the right stick and the left stick and move these things around on two different spots of the, you know, of the screen, and... It kind probably of takes, a, takes a little too long. Yeah, it I takes think. a second because you're like, you're like, okay, move the right one, now move the left one, and like you have these two sides of your brain like competing to try to do it at the oh, same time. Oh, and I love the puzzle in the Terra Nova that I finished. I don't know, twenty minutes before where I stopped. Oh, the game of Tetris. Yes, you're rotating <laughs> the junk piles. Yeah, to make them fit together. That was so stupid. <laughs> And you do that in co-op, I assume each of you controls one of the piles. Right, for sure. Oh, that's so funny. That would be even worse trying to do it in co-op. I mean, it would. You would have to use voice chat, otherwise that guy's just going to keep spinning it, you're never going to get him lined <laughs> up right, because there's only one way to line up the junk to do it. Right. And it starts out obvious, but it's not entirely obvious in the later ones um, how to fit them together to make perfect shapes to, to be able to go through. And I just love how the excuse is like, ah, oh, somebody left a bunch of junk on the track. Well, the junk on the track is in pairs and uh, comes at you on a conveyor belt and uh, it is uh, nicely shaped. <laughs> yeah, it's all and bound the together. the only way you can clear it is by matching them together. Yeah, oh, I couldn't believe that. <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, from the a puzzle aspect, you can tell it was designed to have, with the mind, in mind of, like, having two people doing oh, yeah. them together. Um, and even some of, like, you were talking about some of, like, the tougher, like, kill rooms and stuff. We have a lot of enemies coming. I mean... There's vents, like, everywhere. I mean, enemies really do come from every direction. It would yep. be so much easier to have two people, you know, standing back-to-back or side-to-side and just kind of, you know, saying, like, okay, I've got the vents on the left, you watch the right, and, like, we'll get through this together. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to play through co-op. Um, our Twitter friend, um, TR Brody, I don't know, I guess Brody would be his first name. I don't really know. Um, let me know. <laughs> and if you're listening, which you probably are. Um, you know, he has it on PC, so I think we'll, he wanted to play through single player first before touching the co-op, which I want to do too, so I think we'll try it out eventually, and I don't know, if we talk about the game again ever in the future, I'll talk about that, but I'm excited, it, it seems like it probably works pretty well. I, I was watching a video review, I think on game trailers, and they were showing that the two people will actually see different things, which is kind of cool, like, you know, Isaac will sort of hallucinate from time to time, the, the second player won't see, like, what he's hallucinating or what he's seeing. Right. Like it's, the other, it's the other way around. Carver is the one who hallucinates. He's oh, going really? Through okay. what Isaac went through in the second. Oh, game. okay. So he'll see things, and then yeah, and then Isaac doesn't know like what he's like seeing or what's going on, which is kind of cool. It's kind of a neat way to do it and have the the two players seeing and and you know experiencing different things. I assume that John Carver, who by the way in the single player is a dick. 
Oh, uh, yeah, for sure. I assume that he will have hallucinations at the worst possible times. Yeah, probably. Like, before <laughs> battles or, like, while, yeah, like, while shit's hitting the fan. Right. Yeah, probably. Um, I love, too, when you when you play the single player, you probably haven't seen it as much, but as you keep going, like, he just, like, is always ahead of you. Like, he'll just appear places when it's he's supposed to be there for the story, and it's like, oh, yeah. I have to fight yeah. through, like, a million things to get here, and you're just already here. Like, how did you even get here? <laughs> so it kind of breaks a little bit in that way when you... But that that's common, I think, for a lot of games. It's like, you have this auxiliary character who runs off, I'll meet you there. And yeah, exactly. And to get there, and then he or she's just waiting there, and not even scratched, like, He's nothing good. on. He's so, okay. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I found a secret way, no no trouble. What happened to you? Um, so yeah, I I don't know. I think that's pretty much all I have to say. I mean, you have any, anything else you wanted to say about it so far? Uh, it's just kind of a mixed bag for me right now. Um, because I haven't gotten to the snow planet, but I really don't like all the, cr- the crafting. Yeah. It it takes up too much of my time. It does. It's kind of annoying. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a huge fan of it either. It it does eat up too much time. It's overly complicated and then I find you know, just stick with the plasma cutter, upgrade that, and you're yep. you're pretty much fine in most every situation. Yep. Um. So not so the crafting just feels pointless. Yeah. But just give me know. a line gun, give me a machine gun, give me a detonator. Don't put them all together. <laughs> yeah, right. Don't slap them into one gun. <laughs> and that's that's too. You can only carry two guns at a time now. Well, really, you're, you're carrying four guns, right? If you well, use sure, because both... you. Be- Right, but I understand have... what you're saying. It's like, right. come on. Right. I guess, yeah. If you if you combine two guns, which you can, then I guess that counts as two guns. But you know, I'd rather just stick with the ordinary stuff. I mean, you can just make a simple line gun and then a shotgun, and I'd rather just carry all the normal dead space stuff and just yeah. move on and not have to deal with all this combination stuff. But you and I are oh, well. part of the problem, Scott. We're part of the problem. We're, we're what's keeping the series from moving forward. <laughs> I th- if this is moving forward, I don't ever want to. <laughs> <laughs> I will go back and play Dead Space 1. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, I guess that'll do it. Uh, so far, uh, I'm pretty impressed. I'm sure Zach and I will probably talk about it more once we have beaten the game. We'll, we'll do a spoiler cast. Yeah, there you go. Talk maybe a little bit about co-op once we try that out. It turns um, out Ellie was a necromorph the whole time. <laughs> Maybe. Well, you already know the ending, so we know that's not what happens. No, unless no. you're tricking us. Unless I'm tricking you. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Zach, thanks for being here. Of course. This this went much better than some of our other solo endeavors on the podcast before. So what? Well, I'm, I'm, I always just think about where we were talking about all those 3DS releases. And we just didn't know what any of the games were and just made things up. <laughs> but that's the best part. Crush I'm 3D. doing those. Crush 3D. Is that the sequel to uh, Crush Pinball on the yeah, uh, Alien, Alien Crush? Genesis like, Alien Crush, yeah. For like the Turbo Graphics or something? Yeah. yeah. That was good. About time that game got a sequel, man. <laughs> yeah, right? It's been way too long. <laughs> All right. Well, that'll do it. So, uh, yeah, if uh, you've been playing Dead Space, tell us what you think about it. Definitely. Uh, send us some emails or leave something in the talkback thread. I'm, I'm curious to see what other people think. I've been pleasantly surprised so far, but we'll see how things go. Indeed. All right. Well, we'll talk to you guys later then. Bye. Bye.